Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> Call me Fredo. You know my name's not fucking Fredo. You mean you Italian? It's like the N-word for us. I'll fucking ruin your shit. I'll fucking throw you down these stairs like a fucking punk. I call you punk bitch. You like that? Fredo back home. I'll fucking wreck your shit. Devin Nunes is proving himself again and again to be the Fredo of the Republican Party. You're going to have a fucking problem. The son, Fredo-like son of the president. I'll fucking throw you down these stairs like a fucking punk. I doubt it. You are fake news. Great story. Compelling and rich. Very fake news. I can't believe that someone would have so much, like, hate in their heart. Skag free wherever he is. Big up to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. <laughs> All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. Flanked on my right this week, my my wonderful fill-in co-host, Lauren Chen. Lauren, welcome back. Thank you for having me. You guys have the most inspirational openings all the time. I love those mixes. <laughs> well, well, thanks. And thank you for credit, crediting Blonde for the intros, even though she doesn't do any work on them. As no, thanks for making time for us while, uh, while Blonde enjoys some time off. Of course, you have spicy shoes to fill, so I hope you're prepared. Yeah, I got to summon up whatever fire in, in the belly I have to yeah. <laughs> try to make up for her being gone. Blonde uh, will be back in her usual spot next week. Uh, this week, it shall be the polite agreement hour once again, Lauren and I. That's what I coined it last time, at least, <laughs> which I think last time you were still roaming millennial. I can't remember. I don't or was it was it before that? But I remember I had to guess your name at one point, and I guess Sarah. Yeah, you know what's funny? People Lauren. have actually accurately guessed Lauren before I actually was using my name, which is kind of scary. Well, that's one of those names that's like my name, Matt. Which, like in any given social situation, there's probably about five yeah. other Laurens or Matts to go around. So, uh, anyway, if you're not familiar with Lauren, you can find her YouTube channel and Twitter handle linked in the description. You can also find her over uh, on the Blaze TV as well. And uh, she has a new, well, I guess sort of a new show. You've been doing it for a while, but a live show on Pseudo, uh, called Pseudo Intellectual on YouTube, Wednesdays at 8 Eastern. Have you been enjoying the uh, live streaming game? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, at first, it was the worst thing ever. I think I'm the first two were really rough. I think I'm broke down crying after the third one just because we really? did like almost an entire show with my mic not plugged in like live shows oh, are a no. harsh mistress yeah. Uh, but yeah you know it we started in march so it's been months and months now so we've kind of gotten into our routine and by the way really hard to pick a, a time slot on youtube to live stream <laughs> when you're not stepping on anyone else's toes yeah uh, i know you guys have the colin show 
9 p.m. on Wednesdays. So we we're, if it counts as a show, it's, yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're 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 done by the by the time you start. So if you guys love Matt and Blonde, you don't want to miss their Wednesday show. Don't worry, we'll be done by then. You can catch both. Why not? Yeah. Why not both? Is what yeah. I would say. Check them both out. It's a great way to spend your Wednesday night. Uh, linked in the description, as I mentioned, but plenty to talk about. <clears throat> as I'm already losing my voice, pardon me. <laughs> plenty to talk about this week, as usual. Chris Cuomo is publicly confronted and called Fredo by a heckler. Cuomo threatens to throw the man down the stairs because Fredo is apparently an anti-Italian slur, just like the N-word. Uh, CNN stands by him, because of course they do, but um, I will be as fair to Mr. F-word in our <laughs> breakdown as possible. Um so we'll, we'll we'll discuss that. I don't know how much of this Portland footage you saw. That's but, uh, yeah. I was oh kind of glued God. to my screen yesterday, just watching it unravel. Holy crap. Yeah. So another weekend of chaos and lawlessness in Portland as Antifa clashes with uh, Proud Boys and other conservative activists. Uh, many violent episodes caught on tape. The mayor comes out and does a press conference last evening and says uh, he was happy it was a mostly peaceful event. As people are being gang beaten and property is being vandalized all on tape. I feel like mostly peaceful is really vague. There could be a lot of leeway in that mostly part. <laughs> Chicago is a mostly peaceful city. Yeah, that's true. It's a mostly non-murderous city. It still has a huge murder problem. <laughs> uh, just down the West Coast, a homeless man assaults a woman trying to enter her condo this week in San Francisco. Upon arrest and charge, the judge there sets him free because, after all, he was on drugs at the time and he was not of right mind, so not his fault. This is Don't a you ridiculous hate that story. When you're on drugs and then you just like assault somebody, it's the everyone worst. makes mistakes. Yeah, it happens so, to the best of us. Uh, in case, uh, in in case you enjoy a little, is it Schadenfreude? I, I want to make yeah, sure Schaden, I pronounce. Well, okay, I'm an expert based on my Google search of how to pronounce this, but I'm pretty sure it is Schadenfreude. Okay, we'll go with that. But it looks like uh, both Carlos Maza of Vox and Sarah Silverman are out of jobs. Two people lobbying for social social justice uh, for others fall on the social justice sword themselves, at least in Maza's case, potentially. The details are sort of unclear there, but he is leaving Vox after uh, going on a crusade against Steven Crowder and Tucker Carlson and other conservative figures. And then uh, our friend Matt Palumbo stops by for an interview to close. Uh, I'll play that to, to finish the show. He writes uh, the Debunk This blog over on Dan Bongino's website, and his new book is a compilation of all those debunks uh, of the top leftist myths you hear on the news and from politicians so much. Really useful book. So we'll talk to Matt at the end of the show. And uh, we'll take super chats on YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good lowdown money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. One of the many things we have over on the website, of course, is special deals from listener-owned businesses. Uh, this week's feature business is uh, Flyover States. Flyover States is a small company run by a 12-year veteran of the Navy SEALs. With the simple purpose of celebrating life and culture in the heartland of America, the flyover states. You can pick up t-shirts, mugs, and more to show patriotic pride. They have state-specific graphics and merchandise as well. As they write on their website, the website, flyover states are where the elderly get their snow shoveled from their driveways first. Flyover states are where people wave when they pass while driving and open a door for a stranger. Flyover states are where kids grow up working alongside parents and grandparents to learn the value 
of family values. Listeners of this show get 10% off everything from Flyover States using the promo code MCLISTENER. Find out more, as well as the rest of our sweet deals from uh, the rest of our listener-owned businesses, including Phoenix Ammo, Sonoran Defense, and Charity Swipes at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals for listeners by listeners. Couple of uh, announcements. No call-in show this week, because Blonde's on vacation. I got some stuff going on as well. But uh, the call-in show will resume the, re- the week after, August 28th. You can catch Lauren's show on Wednesday. That's if you're true. Looking for we will be there watch. waiting for you guys and to fill your, your Wednesday evening with some joy. There you go. An hour earlier than we would normally go live. And of course, uh, the Sunday show will be back as scheduled on Sunday, uh, August 25th. Did you see, uh, this is a Canadian story for you. I have a little bit of an update. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Winnipeg. Winnipeg is, a, uh, Canada is a very big country. But yeah, I, I have not actually. I've been to Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and a very long time ago, BC. So I have hmm. explored shockingly little BC the is the only foreign trip I've ever taken in my life. I went to exotic. Vancouver and Whistler <laughs> once. Very exotic. Anyway, back in April on this show, we covered a case of uh, our, our recurring bit, Hoax Hate of the Week, which is not every week, but most weeks because there's plenty of it, at least in the pre-Jussie Smollett days. Remember those. Anyway, this was back in, uh, this was back in April. And uh, there was this place in uh, Winnipeg called the Burmax Cafe and Bistro. The family claimed intruders entered the restaurant and assaulted the wife who owns the place. They smashed property inside and they spray painted graffiti on the walls. It turned out the restaurant uh, wasn't doing so well financially. They faked the whole thing to make money and they they couldn't sell the restaurant. (laughs) They've since been charged for faking the crime and the restaurant closed down in April. So I guess the hoax was prior to April. I can't remember exactly when, but they shut it down in April. The reason I return to this story is because uh, we had a group of listeners, the, the listeners in Winnipeg or the Winnipeg area, uh, went out and visited the uh, Burmax Cafe. And uh, they, they looked around to see if they could find any remnants of these old swastikas from this fake Nazi who went in and roughed up the place. Unfortunately, they could not. But uh, we appreciate that the listeners of the show had a meetup there. Remember when people used to just fake fires and stuff for insurance? It was a simpler time. I think <laughs> yeah, now, well, now you do. Last week, we, was it last week or the week before? Anyway, recently we covered a story where, again, I suspect there was a case in Michigan within the year where a, a trans lesbian I, I don't know oh, yeah and she burned like, down her own her house dog died right yes she killed yeah. it looks like there might be another case in uh was it ohio last week where it looks like a house fire and then they go spray paint a hasty swastika which was about the worst swastika i've ever seen in my life and we've seen some bad ones on this show yeah see that's confusing to me if you're gonna burn down your own house like why not just make it look like an accident or something why bring in the hate crime I guess because the, then you the you get the insurance plus the GoFundMe. yeah that's, that's true that's the angle that's true uh, anyway, remember, if you would like to uh, find listeners in your area to participate in ridiculous meetups like this one, check out mattchristiansmedia.com slash community. Uh, you and I, we, we went through everything we knew about the Epstein death last week. Of course, we learned a lot more this week. But where do you see yourself on the, the Epstein conspiracy theorist spectrum? Do you buy the suicide ruling? Are you? Do you think he was murdered? Where do you stand? Okay, so we went through... There was a Fox piece, I think, where they published all of the conspiracies. Like some people think he's not actually dead. Um, Like some people think he was actually a CIA operative. There were like a bunch of them. So 
I will say I don't think it was suicide, right? I'm not going to go full on. He was actually a CIA operative and it was a body double who was killed, right? Because the, the whole conspiracy thing, there are levels. There are levels to it. Hmm. But to me, it's just, and I don't think it's crazy to say, hey, this guy had a lot of dirt on different people. And it kind of seems very convenient that he happens to kill himself and be like be taken off suicide watch. And, you know, the yeah. guards are sleeping. One of them wasn't usually a guard. Uh, he didn't have a cellmate. There's like a lot of things that just are questionable. Well, we had to wait the whole week, basically, until Friday afternoon to get the official ruling from the medical examiner in New York City. Oh, yeah. The- that, that medical examiner announced uh, Jeffrey Epstein hanged himself in prison. It was a suicide. But this according to, to the report. But the report did nothing to remove doubt from those who believe otherwise. In fact, it added another curious piece of information to the puzzle because the autopsy, of course, revealed broken bones in Epstein's neck, including the hyoid bone near the Adam's apple, a, a break that can happen in hanging but is more commonly occurring in strangulation, at least according to the statistics I've seen. Uh, and just to recap the, the oddities in this story that we've learned um, last weekend and in the week since. So not one, but two prison guards monitoring Epstein apparently fell asleep, failed to check on him for three hours when they were supposed to check on him every 30 minutes and then falsified records to cover up their neglect. This is not conspiratorial thinking. This is according to prison authorities. The, the surveillance camera issue is still unconfirmed. That is to say, was there some kind of failure of surveillance cameras? But we do know that as of now, no surveillance cameras captured any relevant images to explain what happened. So we don't have any of that. Epstein's cellmate was transferred just hours before his, his death. And, um, and this was another violation of prison protocol. And then, and then there's another report on the morning of Epstein's death. There was shouting and shrieking heard from his jail cell. This according to a source speaking with CBS News. So you mentioned that you're more on the, the, the murder theory than buying the reported or the, con- the conclusion. You're shaking your head no? Is no, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. that's you're right. Like, just It's super, super sketchy. And I mean, because the thing about when like someone is hanged the reason why they have nooses with the amount of like wraparounds that they do is that no wraparounds and if you're dropping from too far your head can actually like fly off and too many Mm. wraparounds then you just choke but if you're thinking of how he killed himself supposedly in a prison cell how would you get enough force to actually break bones in your neck, right? Because if you're, if it's yeah, like, like a kneeling with a, with a sheet or something. Yeah, yeah, like it should be just like you're essentially just suffocating yourself. There shouldn't be that yeah. much force involved in it. It's just strange. Well, you're at least with a plurality of Americans in the only poll I've seen on the issue from Rasmussen, which was actually released on Wednesday before the formal finding from the medical examiner. But according to this poll, 42% of Americans believe Epstein was murdered. Only 29% say they believe he committed suicide. 29% remain undecided. And of those, um, 67% say they've, they've followed the story closely. And among those who say they've followed the story very closely, it's actually a majority of people who believe that Epstein was murdered. 56%. Yeah. So it's, you know, the, this, the, the conspiracy theorist title this is a case is a case where a plurality teetering on majority of Americans would be considered a conspiracy theorist as far as media reports uh, are concerned. 
Will we ever find out the truth of the matter? Oh. Probably not. I suspect that power, the powers that be don't want the truth of the matter ever to be known. That, that would probably be. But it's be just, it. it's so, and I, Ben Shapiro, he falls on the side of, no, it's just, you know, incompetence. Don't attribute sure. to conspiracy what could be explained away by incompetence. But it's like so many things had to happen for this to be allowed. And also he was essentially, I would say, the most important person in federal custody, right? Yeah. And the fact that this still like you had one job, just watch him. One yeah, job. I, I can believe one guy screws up. That happens. Maybe a team of guys screws up. But as you know, I went through the the curiosities previously. It's so many layers of apparent incompetence or broken down protocol or misconduct that I just have a hard time believing. Circumstantially, admittedly, some somebody got some dollar bills in their pocket to make some mistakes happen. That's my opinion. I'm, I'm going to stick to it until there's evidence otherwise. But the other piece of this story was some of the, the crazy stuff at Epstein's properties, including this painting of Bill Clinton in the, the blue Monica Lewinsky dress that was at his Manhattan townhouse. I guess the artist painted it in 2012 as part of a master's project at the New York Academy of Art and sold it and had no idea that Epstein uh, had it. I don't know if uh, I've got it in the notes. I prefer... Uh, this version that I saw circulated through very fake tweets, which is uh, which is a mashup of Obama's presidential portrait, the the Bill Clinton in the Flu Lewinsky dress, and then of course Creepy Joe in the background, all against that lovely hedge <laughs> backdrop. So if I was going to get a painting, I would go with that one. It's disconcerting. I don't know why anyone would want to create something so off-putting. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had forgotten about that uh, that Obama presidential portrait. What a bizarre yeah, that was weird. The Michelle Obama one was even worse. Just like technically not good. I can't remember that one. Oh, it looked uh, like, I, like I I'm not a great artist. I could do better. It hmm. it looked like someone was trying to draw her from memory, but they didn't really remember what she looked like. Yeah, <laughs> drawn from memory is always a great prefix. Yeah. I saw I saw one that was like uh, Adam Driver looks like drawn from memory Keanu Reeves. And I think yeah. that's kind of accurate. Um, but yeah, you know, Blonde is more of the uh, art critic type person. But people say, well, you can't really, can't really judge art. It's subjective, I suppose. But I can still judge art by the same standard of how many people in the world could produce this. If yeah. everyone in the world could draw it, I don't think it's good. If only a handful of people have the skill to do it, it's probably good. And also, I feel like if it's something like a portrait a pretty objective measure should be, does this look like the person? Yeah. If yeah, I'm showing point. this portrait, would I be able to say, oh yeah, that's that person. If I can't, sorry, it's not a very good portrait. <laughs> uh, I did I did my last video on this uh, Philadelphia standoff on Wednesday. This crazy story, uh, a man busted into a, uh, he was busted on a drug warrant and he shot six cops I over eight hours. That was good. And, um, and yeah, so the mayor blamed the NRA, even though the guy can't legally have a gun. There was a mob of people harassing the cops who are working to mitigate this situation. He doesn't talk about that. Anyway, the reason I'm returning to the story briefly is because there's a layer of it I didn't get to. There was actually a rally planned for Friday night in support of the gunman, who, of course, was mistreated by police or some such nonsense. A few hundred were expected to show up. In the end, thankfully, only three did. The police were present just in case, said police commissioner Richard Ross, quote, sadly, we do have to be there. I don't understand it. There's certain marches I do understand, but this is definitely not one of them. The gunman is currently in jail and awaiting arraignment, likely to face charges of attempted murder and aggravated assault on Thursday. 
Yeah, when I first saw the the video that was going around on Twitter of the cops, um, you know, being heckled and having stuff thrown at them, I, I hadn't been following the story. I just opened that up and I saw shooting in Philadelphia and everyone was giving these cops a hard time. I thought, oh my goodness, have they done the unthinkable? Like, is there a kid, an unarmed child that was shot and that's why everyone is so mad at the cops? I yeah. thought that something awful, they must have done something terrible. Turns out, no. <laughs> they were, like, if there was ever a case of them being in the right, it's literally the story, as you pointed out, they de tried to de-escalate, yeah. you know, no one was killed, but it's just, I don't understand what was going on with people being so hostile to them. It's, a, it's an anti-police culture. I don't know how much the mayor himself uh, plays into that. I don't know that much about him, so I won't accuse him without knowing, but certainly you have a lot of uh, anti-police sentiment, particularly in urban centers in this country. And yeah, even when the police are saving children from harm's yeah. way, they're being harassed. It's crazy. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not anti-cop. I'm wary of cops. They make me nervous. Sure. I'm not doing anything wrong, but it's just, you know, authority figure, but still I can't imagine yeah, treating treating a cop that way—it's just really sad. What was your favorite uh, John Hickenlooper moment? If you even know who John Hickenlooper is, you may yeah. not. <laughs> uh, I, I can't think of one specifically. Well, I uh, I appreciated the last round of debates where John Hickenlooper was part of this trio. Eh, maybe there were a few more, but like my state's governor uh, Steve Bullock of Montana, there was John Delaney, and they were all on stage at least trying to push back on the excesses of the Democratic Party and the extremism saying, listen, you keep up with this free crap for everyone, you're going to lose. Like, just chill out, you're going to lose. Well, at the time I said uh, it was nice to see that moderation, but they will, be, they will be swiftly swept aside and dismissed from the party because moderate reasonableness has no home uh, in the Democratic Party. And so John Hickenlooper is, he's out, he's quitting. Here's what he had to say. Now today, I'm ending my campaign for president. But I will never stop believing that America can only move forward when we work together. I know that when people work hard enough to get past their differences, you can make amazing progress. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, joining people together across different perspectives has no place in the place. Yeah. And I'm really bummed. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just, just going to say it was hard for me, at least, to, during the debates, keep track of there was him um mccullough was he one of them um just like there were several i'm sorry like older white males who were seemed moderate that were in my head very replaceable and he was one of them so forgettable sure yeah and, i mean and it was funny because they were the ones who were saying the more moderate things like i know um there was this like mic drop moment elizabeth warren supposedly had with one of them uh she said i don't know why you would run for president just to talk about all the things we can't do and yeah. he it actually made a good point beforehand, but I, I don't know. I feel like they're more interested in appealing to the like woke Twitter retweet crowd than actual. Like, yeah. Swing and, of, and of course, what's the response to Elizabeth Warren? What are the appropriate limitations of government then? Are there any? Is it just the sky's the limit? Do That's whatever you want. Republican talking point. Now. God, dude. Yeah, we went through that on this show. That was yeah. so annoying. Every every question Totally valid question that was asked. We, we can't be using Republican talking points. Oh, God. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Actually, is it, good luck, John Hickenlooper report. He's saying he might run for Senate. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm seeing, I've been keeping track of the polls. And at first, for the longest time, I was like, oh, yeah, Biden has it in the bag. Warren seems to be doing pretty Kamala good. Kamala is losing steam after getting wrecked by Tulsi. Yeah. And it looks like that 
those people are going to Elizabeth Warren mostly because Bernie has stayed pretty much steady. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see this attack in Sydney? This was crazy. There was a I I'm I, I'm going to call it a terrorist attack, though the officials there are are not. Uh, but reportedly a man with mental illness, which as these days, who knows that that could mean diagnosed mentally ill or just a radical Islamist. It, it could go either way. Reportedly, the man had escaped from a psych- psychiatric unit two days earlier. So I think this has some legitimately uh, legitimacy. And he was known to local mental health services. Anyway, on this, in the uh, streets of Sydney on Tuesday, he's, he's 20 years old. He's wielding a knife and he just ran around stabbing people. He killed one woman and hurt another. And he was shouting Allahu Akbar and shoot me in the head before citizens subdued him with uh, a chair and a milk crate, among other improvised defense weapons. This is what that looked like. Shit! Man, people, you just stabbed you, dog! Huh? Stop, 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 that was terrifying. I thought I had done such a good job looking at all the show notes. I didn't see that one. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that that one is crazy. Uh, as of now, it is not currently classified as a terrorist incident. However, investigators say the information found on him, including a USB drive with information about mass shootings and other terrorist events, suggest he has some ideologies in relation to terrorism, though no link to organized terrorism. Interest, interestingly, the uh, news I saw here in the U.S. on, uh, what was it, Wednesday morning maybe? But they were trying to link him to the El Paso shooter because apparently this thumb drive had, like, information on the... By which I think they mean, like, news articles or something. It's not like he was in communication with the El Paso shooter. Anyway, um, the man has been charged with uh, with murder. And I got to say, huge credit to those citizens who prevented uh, more injury and possibly yeah. more death. Wouldn't it be nice if they didn't have to do the lion tamer bit with the chair? They didn't. They needed a whip maybe to keep them under control. It's uh, listen. I have nothing but respect for people who are courageous enough to do something like that. But there's always a part of me that's like, good guys with guns are real. They, yeah, I would have but, liked to see that. And stories like this, as well as like you, the knife attacks or the truck truck of peace stories, as awful as those are, they are just a reminder that crazy people are they can hurt you if, if they really, really wanted to. There's yeah. no possible way to be 100% safe. Even if you get rid of all of the guns, people still have the ability to hurt you. And it's like this, I don't know, I would rather try to address the root of the problems than just yeah. say, all right, everyone, um, we all have to walk around in like padded straight jackets. No one can have anything sharp or drive. Like j- just treat us all as if we might go crazy and start killing each other at any minute. Mm. Well, the uh, the controversy of the week, this will be the last quick hitter before we get to uh, Chris Cuomo here. Uh, but the controversy of the week has been Israel banning Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar from entry. Uh, Rashida Tlaib whining about visiting her 90-year-old grandma, who I guess lives in the West Bank. Israel says, fine, visit your grandma, but no anti-Israel organizing while you're here. And Rashida Tlaib says, no, because you know, none of this was really ever about 
her grandma. I, I, I don't think. It, it, it's just about politicking. It's about uh, political grandstanding. And it's been political the whole time. I don't really care to break down the whole, uh, what is basically just a sham, I think, on the part of the squad. But uh, it was the context for one of the, the finest Trump tweets uh, of all time. <laughs> which is, uh, Trump tweeted this, <laughs> Rep Tlaib wrote a letter to Israeli officials desperately wanting to visit her grandmother. Permission was quickly granted, whereupon Tlaib obnoxiously turned the approval down, a complete setup. The only real winner here is Tlaib's grandmother. She doesn't have to see her now. That was pretty sick burn by the president. Pretty good one, but uh, now this, you know, with all the woke quick videos on Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere, they actually went and got in touch with Rashida Tlaib's grandma, and talk to her and uh and she says to now this uh that i really wanted to see rashida to leave and she says about uh, about trump may god ruin him yeah she's fiery <laughs> yeah this is what she said i'll have to read it may god ruin him i was happy that she was coming Everyone was excited that she was coming for her grandmother to see her. Rashida was, ex this is her uncle, by the way. Rashida was expecting to see her grandmother one last time. Because her grandmother is close to 90 years old. It is a tragic decision. It is a racist and unfair decision against Rashida and against her grandmother. There, okay, so the thing is, Americans are weird about Israel. Um, you have Americans who are just like really, really against it no matter what, and then the ones who are just like you can't criticize it at all no matter sure. what. To me, Israel is just a country, a country that I happen to support as an ally, but you know, there's a lot of weird politicking that goes on with it. But I, I just thought I was pro them telling that her you can't come from the get go because I believe, like, I don't know countries are allowed to dictate who comes in and out and then when i found out that she, like they had actually said yes but she had still said no i was like how how are you how like how could you pretend to be outraged about this like this yeah is the, i don't get it i mean i, I understand uh, there are a lot of strong opinions about israel and i'm not really looking to rehash that debate yeah that'll light our chat on fire and i'm not <laughs> looking to do that um but but you're you're Perspective on Israel and Israeli politics and their role in the world aside, banning Rashida Tlaib had nothing to do with race in the first place. I don't understand how you reach that conclusion. And two, she's not banned. She had permission to go see her grandma. They're just like, hey, don't meet with uh, anti-Israeli groups or you know any BDS type people, which I got to be... Every time I hear BDS, I think BDSM. Oh my gosh, and me so too. I'm careful not to say it. Yeah. Or... Well, what's what's funny <laughs> is that a conversation about BDSM would actually be less controversial than BDS. <laughs> yeah, whenever you're in an, an uncomfortable BDS conversation, just BDSM. transition right that way. That's like exactly why I did it, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and, and another <laughs> and, thing that was funny with this was that AOC, I don't know if you saw, but she, after this, it was announced that... Um, Tlaib wouldn't be going to Israel. She accused like Israel of souring like diplomatic relations with the U.S. It's like, okay, of the people involved in this group, who would we say has done more to sour relations? Hmm, I don't know. Perhaps the people who have been like railing against Israel the whole time. I mean, like, and again, they have the right to do that, whatever. But it's like, if if we're gonna say, hey, I thought we were gonna be friends, but now we're not anymore. I, I don't think Israel started that for hmm. this particular situation. Hmm. Well, 
we'll get to the main uh <clears throat> the main story of the week here which is of course this fredo incident for uh for chris cuomo so just a little bit of back context on monday night I was I was eating the popcorn on Twitter watching this develop. It was hilarious to see the original footage and everyone's reaction. But footage emerged on Twitter of a man confronting CNN anchor Chris Cuomo in public. Reportedly, Cuomo was with his nine-year-old daughter at the time. The AP says this incident happened on Sunday at a bar in Shelter Island, New York. We can't see the initial provocation, but contextually you can tell the heckler called Cuomo Fredo, which is a reference, of course, to the weak brother in The Godfather. That's another movie I've never seen. Everyone can get pissed off at me for it, but I at least understand the reference. I'll watch it one day. Cuomo reacts by uh, by threatening the man with violence and claiming that Fredo is actually an ethnic slur for Italians that is on par with the N-word. So here's what the original confrontation looked like. I thought that's who you were. No, punk-ass bitches from the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, you're much- Fredo is from The Godfather. He was that weak brother. Isn't that your And they brother? use it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian? It's an insult to your fucking people. It's like the N-word for us. Wow. So is that a cool fucking thing? You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Yeah, but fuck, you call me Fredo. It's like I call you punk bitch. You like that? You want well, that to I, be your nickname? I didn't call you that. I, you I, called I, me Fredo. You I know thought, my name's not fucking Fredo. I thought your name was. You did not think my name was fucking Fredo. Don't be a liar. I thought your name was. You want to be a man, stand up like a man. You're going to have a fucking problem. What? What are you going to do about it? I'll fucking ruin your shit. On, I'll fucking throw you down these stairs like a fucking punk. Please do. Why, so you can fucking sue? You don't want to. So you can fucking sue? I'll fucking wreck your shit. I'll fucking wreck your shit. Stop. You didn't know what you were doing with I thought it was your name. I thought it was your name. Okay. CNN has stood by, or at least the vice president for communications at CNN, has stood by Chris Cuomo. His name is Matt Dornick, and he tweets out, uh, Chris Cuomo defended himself when he was verbally attacked with the use of an ethnic slur in an orchestrated setup. We completely support him. Uh, you have an overall opinion on the confrontation and his reaction. I have. Okay. I dabble in, you know, inappropriate humor, mm-hmm. like unpolitically correct humor. I like it. I like to think, although I don't use them personally, just from you know, hearing being out in the world, I have a pretty good handle of what ethnic slurs are. I can at least recognize them. I have never heard Fredo be used against an Italian. And I know other slurs against Italians, by the way. I know a couple. None of them are You want to drop a few? I don't, actually. So you're no. filling in for blonde. Go like, for there's it. There's <laughs> a W word. Uh, there's a G uh, word. I, I don't, don't actually know if I know any to be honest is one of, like, that's a slur the, I mean, every I, I, word on jersey shore would have had to have been bleeped if that's a slur yeah no but it's okay because they can say it because they're actually oh. you know what the little one wasn't even italian uh a snooki yeah wasn't snooki. she like chilean or something yeah she was like something adopted like or something I have, I have way too much yeah. knowledge about snooki but yeah yeah um so yeah i i mean a that's not even a slur uh b even if it was like calm down i i don't know what like he okay so you you just got allegedly called a slur against italian americans so your response is to do the most like a stereotypical like hey let's take this outside and forget about it no i don't think like, <laughs> yeah. really, really disproved the stereotype yeah. about uh about violent hotheads italians <laughs> being violent hotheads uh I do think the reaction was disproportionate for sure. I, I don't think that you can respond to mere words with threats of violence, of course. And I, I certainly don't think that Fredo is an ethnic slur, which we'll get to in a moment. 
As I've said, though, in cases of um, like Ted Cruz's case, Tucker Carlson's case at a restaurant, and certainly at his home, although that's a little bit different, uh, Sarah Sanders at the restaurant, and uh, who else was it? Kirsten, um, the former Homeland Security Secretary who was... Yes, she was accosted by those people over immigration at a restaurant, D.C. restaurant as well. Uh, I'm not supportive of being confrontational like that with people in public, especially if it's a family outing. I get it. Yeah, they're a public figure. Come on, he's with his kid. You can protest Chris Chris Cuomo in, in, you know, online. You can send him an email. I, I assume maybe you can contact him. Point is, I think there are better ways to voice your distaste of his product or his politics than by uh, um, going after him when he's out in some public place with his daughter. So I would not advocate that. I don't like to see that. I I don't want more of that in this country. Um, That said, his reaction sucked too. So I'm kind of annoyed with with everybody in this situation. And I want to be fair to the heckler too, because I don't know. Like, was he following Chris Cuomo around going, hey, Fredo, hey, Fredo, Fredo, look at me. Hey, Fredo, hey, Fredo. Or did he just kind of see him in passing and go, whoa, it's Fredo. And that was it. That's true. I would like to see kind of what led up to him freaking out. Uh, Because if it was just, hey, Fredo or something like that, then it's, I mean, I think it's, um, it's pretty disproportionate any way that I can think about, about it, as long as it was just words and stuff like that. The fact that he did threaten him physically. And, you know, I, like I said, I agree with you. I don't support people just going up to figures they don't like and, trying to confront them, but I think, I think he needs to calm down a little bit. Sure. He seems I, a little bit highly wound. And I will, uh, Chris Cuomo did apologize to his credit. I'll get to that in a moment. But the one thing I want to say too, is we know this is not a slur because it's been said to Chris Cuomo to his face on his own show as recently as a few months ago. Also, uh, on, on, uh, on Anderson Cooper's show on CNN. And then Chris Matthews said it on MSNBC, uh, just a few months ago as well. Here's what that sounded like. He didn't even make the cut that his brother-in-law and sister did to be part of the uh, Oval Office and the White House staff. Uh, Daddy kept Fredo back home. So who cares what the outrage blinks. Devin Nunes is proving himself again and again to be the Fredo of the Republican Party. Like inviting the the son, Fredo-like son of the president to a meeting to give him dirt on his father's opponent in a way that a child would accept that. Anyone else would say, wait a minute, I'm not going to have a meeting with the Russians. Now I feel silly because I can't remember in my mind anyone ever actually calling someone else Fredo on TV or in my social experiences. Apparently this is a more common reference than I have noticed. Uh, my, my favorite reaction, I want to credit our, my friend uh, or our friend Fleckus uh, with a great YouTube channel, but uh, he tweeted out, I guess it's chicken L F word now. Remember next time you go to the, uh, to the Italian restaurant. Yeah. Uh, the thing with the whole Fredo freak out is that, I mean, he compared it to the N word. Yeah. And, and that's, that's another angle of criticism is like, come on, dude. Whatever sort of uh, oppression you have faced does not have the same historical context as the as not the with does. that word, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that Italian Americans historically didn't face discrimination; they, they did. But if we're going to use that word, like it's our N word, like really, you've uh, you've really dialed it up. I think more than was necessary. <laughs> yeah. And I was surprised that it that story ended up getting because. 
when I first heard about it, Liam just mentioned, oh yeah, did you hear about the Fredo thing? And I was like, I had seen the videos like, yeah, that, that was stupid. I didn't expect the whole internet to agree with me just how ridiculous it was, but a lot of tasty hmm. memes have been born out of it. Well, and you saw a lot of interesting splits because um, not everybody on the right was super critical of Cuomo either. Of course, Sean Hannity came out and said Cuomo didn't do anything wrong. That guy was being a jackass to him. I would do the same thing. So this was one of those cases. I'm, I'm happy to see cases like this where there is some nuance in opinion and it's not just a split on partisan lines like it was say with um like nick sandman and um yeah. and the indian guy at the uh at the um at the lincoln memorial which by the way i believe there's a factually correct interpretation on that one and a factually incorrect one but generally whenever we have issues of controversy like this where one person confronts another we just retreat to our sides and it's either defend or attack based on whose side was apparently uh, attacked or defended. And uh, so whenever whenever I see, whether you agree with Sean Hannity or not, I appreciate when people are willing to, to stick their neck out like that and say, no, nah, this, this is crap. He shouldn't be treated that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned Chris, Chris Cuomo did uh, apologize to his credit. I, maybe apologize is the wrong word because he doesn't say, I'm sorry, I suppose. But he did tweet out, appreciate all the support, but the truth is I should be better than the guys baiting me. This happens all the time these days, often in front of my family, but there is a lesson, no need to add up, uh, add to the ugliness. I should be better than what I oppose. So good for him. Uh, I appreciate those words from him and it appears like he's, uh, he's thinking introspectively about what had happened. And I, I went back because I swear I had in this mem in my mind, I swear I had a memory of Chris Cuomo defending this sort of public confrontation, but I think it was a false memory. I think I confused his perspective with Don Lemons mm. when they were discussing, um, the confrontation of Ted Cruz back in the fall. When you go back and listen to the segment and I'll credit Chris Cuomo here too, Don Lemon is saying, yeah, I don't like this, but it's justified because Ted Cruz is a public official and this, that, and whatever. And Chris Cuomo says, I don't know. I think it's wrong. And so, so good for him for saying that. This is what he said. I don't like it, but it is one reason I'm not a public official, that I'm not running for office. In a way, I think it goes with the territory. I don't like that they were blocking his wife. But that's what that's what he signed up for. I don't, I don't know that that's what he signed up for, yeah. but that may be what the price is of being in public service, that uh, there's a different standard for well, him. semantics. We're saying the same thing. Yes. But well, but but I'm saying no, no, no. I, I hear you. I don't think it's purely semantical. This is wrong. Do they have the right to do it? A hundred percent. You don't have to be Ted Cruz to know that. But is it right that they do it? this way what did they achieve by doing it this way do you think they changed ted cruz's mind oh don lemon i <laughs> not a fan goodness he's a no no but yeah no he i appreciate that clip he's right there so good for him uh yeah definitely and uh speaking of don lemon if you're uh if you're ready to transition away from the fredo things i feel like i've said everything i need to say about it you know um probably not handled the best by by Chris Cuomo, but it seems like he, I appreciate that he's not doubling down and digging his heels in. He's thinking about where he may have gone wrong here, and I'll always credit somebody who does that if they do. Don Lemon, on the other hand, who tends to have uh, less forgiving perspectives as we just saw. Now, this is interesting. If you go back and watch that uh, that clip, Don Lemon prefaces their entire conversation by characterizing himself as a victim of sexual assault, and I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not trying to say he's a liar in that regard. However, yeah. there is a story out, a lawsuit this week, 
alleging sexual assault against Don Lemon. When this first crossed my my eyes, I thought, well, I mean, just because it's the 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 a different political direction doesn't mean I'm going to buy this any more than I buy Christine Blasey Ford or anybody else. But now there's a witness out supporting the accusation. So already this is more credible than the Kavanaugh type stuff. Have you seen this story? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Tim Pool did a video about it. And I, again, like I'm like you, I'm not saying that I think he's, I'm not going to be more guilty, to, more prone to say that he he did or didn't do it just because he's uh, someone who I deeply, deeply don't like watching. But it is, I'm not going to say that I like Schadenfreude that I like it, but it is interesting when stuff like this happens. So the the specifics of the case are this. A, a bartender filed a lawsuit against Don Lemon this week, claiming that in July 2018, last year, at, uh, at a New York City bar, he and a friend tried to buy Don a drink at the bar and Don declined. A few minutes later, Don approached them and asked um, the guy who filed the lawsuit, do you like me? Is that why you're bothering me? Because you want to F me. Allegedly, uh, Don then approached the man, put his hands down his pants, grabbed his genitals and asked, do you like P or D? Okay. That, you know, that sounds like a, a pretty, uh, well, it's a pretty bold claim, I suppose. <laughs> but the account is corroborated by the man who managed the bar that the bartender worked at. So my understanding of this, if I'm correct, I might mischaracterize, but there's a bartender and his boss who went to another bar that Don Lemon frequents. And they were hanging out there getting drinks. That's when this exchange happened. Boss and employee are hanging out at this other bar. Boss is the witness. Employee is the one who was allegedly sexually assaulted. Boss is the witness who corroborates the account. And he says he witnessed the whole thing. He also says the, the place was packed at the time. And he's sure there are other witnesses. According to a source close to the accuser's attorney, Lemon offered a six-figure settlement before talks broke down and the lawsuit was filed. So whether there is legitimacy, I don't always take settlement offers as uh, indictments admission yeah. or, or admission of guilt. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just want to make a story go away, even if you had, even if you are innocent. You're, you know, you're so rich, you have fu money. You just say fu and cut them a check. But you know, all things considered, I'm just saying for all the people who go after Kavanaugh and much and, and other people on much flimsier Me Too evidence, there are some pieces here to believe there might be some legitimacy to this story. So we'll see if it gets the same standards of scrutiny, which, spoiler alert, it won't. But yeah. uh, we'll see how and it develops. It, I'm kind of interested to see how CNN handles this whole thing, right? Because in the past with places like Fox, we've seen that networks are pretty keen to drop anyone that has any, I guess hint of a, a me too moment happening but with yeah. don lemon and this happening i don't i don't know and it's i don't think we've had one from a cnn anchor before uh it's hard for me to remember we had that whole rush of me too allegations against anchors in general you had like charlie rose and matt lauer yeah and uh there were more i think people who just disappeared off the air one day and never came back yeah, but I, I I agree with you about the whole uh, settlement thing. I mean, he he may have just been thinking, oh, it'll be easier and less embarrassing, even if it's not true to just settle this now and make it go away. But uh, yeah, I... And, and six figures is a lot. So even if yeah. it's not Don Lemon admitting guilt, you have to believe that the accusers are so convinced of their... The, the integrity of their claims or they believe that the evidence is sufficient to get a higher payout. It, it I'm again, it's not hard evidence, but circumstantially it leads me to believe there's 
probably more than we know about uh, even even as is. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some a little bit more legitimacy to this as it develops. Yeah, it also makes me wonder what would be they say that he was offered six figures during a talk that broke down and now he's filed a lawsuit. What would be the point of going to Don Lemon and saying, hey, you did this now, now pay me? Is that what his request was? Because I feel like mm -hmm. if that happened to me, um, you know, money aside, I would probably just go straight to the lawsuit thing because I would want people to know that this had happened and want to raise awareness about it, not just get paid for it. Hmm. Not that I'm saying that that's what this person does, but it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, we'll have to see how this develops. And, um, and of course Don Lemon has and deserves the presumption of innocence until mm -hmm. direct evidence, uh, arises. But, um, but Hey man, part of this is like holding people to the standards they advocate for others, even if they're not the standards that I want to see in the world. It's like you crucify other people for much less. If it's not that I want you to be crucified, as we'll talk about with Maza and Silverman later, it's just that I don't feel a lot of sympathy for you if if you die on your own sword. Mm -hmm. And that's, I feel like uh, this. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how this plays out as well because I think we've seen that when it comes to male victims of Me Too moments, they don't get as much publicity. Like it's it's seen yeah. as not as bad. Sure. Where as if if it were something, um, I don't know, uh, what's another CNN anchor? I don't know, Wolf Blitzer being accused of putting his hand down a woman's skirt or something. I feel like there would be a lot more outrage. Hmm. I can't wait until Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon mutually accuse each other. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed for that one. Uh, uh, let's do a quick super chat break before we um, hop into the Portland stuff, which I'm very eager to talk about. The clips are just some of the clips I can't even show because I'm not sure they're compliant violence wise with YouTube, but we'll yeah. get to what I can show. Um, real quick break though. Brendan Callahan says, thanks for our sanity safe space here in Oceanside, California. Well, thanks. Stay strong in um, California. I got plenty to say about California coming up. Uh, Kevin Flanagan. If you don't tune into the show, Kevin Flanagan is our spiciest super chatter and all of his super chats have to be pre-read before like uh <laughs> okay so he, he's usually making holocaust jokes and other things 77 years ago this week my great uncle was killed by the nazis he survived five different gassings only to be killed by the pedal powered brain bashing machines remember the six billion the six billion is the official tally thank you kevin flanagan oh <laughs> stoner stoner 4311 says yo baby girl did you hear about three potential mass shootings that were stopped by police? What do you think about arresting people for crimes they did not commit yet? I find it terrifying. Thank you for all you do. I assume that's uh, for you. I, I, I don't know. Uh, you I, to be baby I didn't hear about that, but I feel like if you're arrested trying to plan a, a mass shooting, that's different than being arrested for a crime you didn't commit. Like, yeah. It is a crime to still plan a mass shooting that is very much illegal plotting is different than just being a crazy man or whatever yeah. like that yeah and it and it's demo it's we can show that objectively as opposed to like subjective you're kooky like a you're thought crazy. crime or minority right. report kind of thing uh dakota stanton says can't watch live tonight but have a good stream thank you scott says uh this is a group donation from the edmonton meetup group keep up the excellent work well thank you guys we appreciate it very much uh, and uh, glad you guys, uh, the group is still going strong. Uh, hope you guys are having fun. Liberative says CNN ratings are so low, they decided to team up their anchors uh, and I'll, and will be debuting their new line of fall, uh, this fall featuring Fredo and Fromunda. What's the Fromunda reference? I don't, I don't know. know. That one. Your joke is over my head, unfortunately. 
Judsky says, uh, thanks, Liberty. Judsky says, it was so nice of Blonde to let her sister co-host the show tonight. <laughs> There's kind of a recurring meme that, that Blonde is Asian because her 23andMe came back oh, 1% yeah. Asian. Insufficiently pure. Insufficiently white. She, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, of course, thanks for filling in for Blonde, naturally. Uh, the Clips channel. Wow, we got a super chat from our own Clips channel. <laughs> shilling for itself you just i just email me <laughs> i appreciate it we, Wait, you we guys have, some, have a clips channel i didn't even know we do. that we have a night a very nice viewer who has volunteered his services oh to, gosh, to, to cut that. clips of the show because i just don't have time to do it myself and i and it's linked on the website as always find everything at mattchristensenmedia.com um so thanks for supporting the show i feel very fortunate to have somehow Got a guy who's doing work for me contribute to my show through Super Chat. Yeah. I'm a lucky dude, I guess. Thanks thanks for doing that, man. I appreciate it. And of course, people can... Um, well, I'll just read his own words. Remember to check out the Clips channel. And I uh, wanted to ask you guys, since uh, you'll be gone next Wednesday, if it's okay for me and Legalize to do an official call-in show on the Clips channel. As far as I'm concerned, the Clips channel is your guys' property. Do whatever you want. So, um, so yeah, just email me with any questions. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, I got to read you first. <clears throat> Hey, Blonde, I thought you were still in Europe. Welcome back. I hope you had fun and some time to visit the graves of all six trillion. Thank you for the, the proper count, Wow, he Kevin. is spicy. We have a, our worst one is we have a, he's actually our most loyal and consistent, I guess, super chatter. Um, His yeah. name is I Bequeefen. Like I, I think I've heard B, that name period. before. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, every single show, uh, they're always fart related and I read them every time. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, this, I don't know if you've seen, but we had somebody, there's a, there's a service called cameo whereby celebrities will basically say anything for you. For oh like yeah. Bucks. Yeah. We got shout outs from Rose McGowan and Rachel Dole is all that people paid for. That's and we, awesome. we've been struggling on this show to explain why we are not as low as Rose McGowan and, <laughs> and Rachel Dole is all, which of course we're not, but we're always open to, um, to distinctions that would free us from that comparison. <laughs> Just a, uh, a few more. Boogeyman says point of personal privilege. Pre please refrain from using Republican talking points. Of course we don't do that on this show. Downskated, thank you for keeping my me company in my tractor truck trailer or tractor trailer truck tonight. Uh, having to work tonight because I have to take off to testify in court after watching a traffic accident. Everybody drive safe. Well, good luck and thanks for uh, doing your civic duty there. Thanks for supporting the show. JV Dude says, hey, Matt, looking forward to a good show. Hope Blonde is enjoying her vacation. Great to see you roaming. As an Italian-American, I officially... Give you an F word pass. No need to thank me. Well, thank, thank you for you. that. I'll get to the rest of these uh, a little bit later. I'm going to go over to Streamlabs really quickly. Uh, Cameron says, if a guy can stop a major police force in its tracks, imagine what a well-trained platoon of political dissidents can achieve. That's why the elite want to disarm you. Once you can't fight back, they will destroy everything you hold dear. Uh, yeah, the idea that disarming everyone is going to make people safer, uh, I find to be a little bit, uh, a little bit silly. Let's, uh, holy cow, we got, uh, no, let me see. I got to find, I got lost for a second. Uh, Lauren, uh, attack alpaca says, Lauren, if you could move to the U S what state or maybe part of the country would you want to live in? Hmm. I have a preference for warmer climates or at least more temperate. Like I'm not saying Arizona, um, but somewhere I'm interested in the Carolinas. I would like to explore them. I've never hmm. been there, so I'm not going to say there, but uh, I would like to explore. Hmm. Cool. 
Uh, Redicus says, good to see the yellow, <laughs> yellow fur. <laughs> I just knocked something off my desk. Yellow fur. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's right. How are the death camps for period blood painters? Blonde and I were trying to remember last week exactly what you had said about the period blood painters, but it was some sort of like eugenics type. Yeah, comment. I think I, that's a running theme on my channel toward undesirables. Um, yeah, something like, I don't think it was a death camp. I'm usually more gentle than that. Just like yeah. a gentle sterilization. Sure. Is that, uh, wait, wait, wait. Is potato camera just... The, the must—I don't even get the reference. Mustache. What's the mustache? If oh. I had to call. Oh, so, I had to call back to the Tism raid. Yeah, the uh, the 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 incredible salt mine guys. We made the mistake of streaming during their stream one time, and we we oh. have sporadic raids of people saying that I have a mustache and look pregnant. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Josh Allen's hurdle. Matt, you'll get your hit piece one day, even if we have to use deep fakes. Well, thanks. We seem to be short on the fascism this week. Let's let's fix that. I have to read this first. It seems all right. We must secure the existence <laughs> of Tommy Robinson and a future for free speech. Could you get David Wood on the show? I'm not familiar with Mr. Wood, but uh, I can I can take a look if you can send me an email. And uh, of course, uh, good luck for Tommy Robinson. I, I haven't circled back and uh, checked up on the story recently. Yeah, I mean, the last that I had heard was that his uh, his sentencing, which wasn't for long, but I don't know if he actually ended up going in. And by the way, if your audience mm. really does like want you to get one of those fancy schmancy hit pieces, they should just like send Media Matters your videos, and they will be on you in no time. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you, do you, know, you know the guy who's at Media Matters who's going after Daily Wire right now. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I responded to one of his tweets, and of course, then. Uh, ben Shapiro caught a bunch of controversy this week because of what he said about people working multiple the pores, jobs, yeah. which the pores, yes, yeah. which brought a, a bunch of traffic to that tweet that I'd replied on. And so I was mixing it up with a lot of these people. I've, I normally don't do that on Twitter anymore, but once in a while I get sucked into it because it's so fun. And uh, that guy, the author of that piece followed me, uh, followed me on Twitter. I thought, uh Oh, could this be the one? Are, are you brave enough? Are you brave enough to do it? Write yeah. that hit piece, dude. Maybe uh, he'll uh, do what he did for the Daily Wire and just make a greatest hits compilation for I know. you. I, I watched that montage. I thought about doing a video on it. And it's like these things are totally reasonable and demonstrably true. Yeah, I, one of the things that they included of the supposed bigotry of the Daily Wire was uh, like thinking that pedophiles are bad and not wanting trans kids. I'm like... Okay, but even out of context, this makes sense. Like, and and one of them was, I think it was Michael Knowles, or, or I, I think it was Michael Knowles saying, um, I don't think bl wearing blackface is as bad as like infanticide yeah. or something like that. It's like, you could have a negative opinion of both. One is murder and the other yeah. is like poor not taste. Not good, yeah, but yeah. still not murder. So yeah. yeah, it was just very, very questionable. And I was impressed at how much Michael Knowles was in there. Um, almost, I would say, more than Shapiro, so. Hmm. Uh, just two more. Irish Nat says, Evening Matt, James also did a video that if Texas turns blue, which has a high probability in 2024, Trump might be the last Republican president America will see. Did you, uh, or do you see this as the case? Has the U.S., uh, crossed the event horizon. I don't know. I guess I just don't have enough knowledge of the electoral data. I don't have enough knowledge of um, the what the trends in Texas are to predict if that will in fact happen or not. Um, I I could see a case that the the Republican Party is in serious existential trouble, 
But I can also see a case that for ideological reasons, the Democratic Party is in serious existential trouble. So I don't know that I put either of them as in in more danger of, of collapsing than the other. I think we're still in the midst of a serious political shift that happened 2014, 2015, 2016, whereby people like me who used to vote Democrat all the time don't do that anymore because that party has gone so plainly insane. So... I just don't see the traditional blue, red, blue split as explanatory as it used to be. Yeah. And I mean, in 2016, Trump won states that people didn't even think were in play. Right. So I, I don't think it's as simple as, oh, well, Texas is gone. I mean, you have like the, the Rust Belt and people have long just, oh, yeah, you're blue. Maybe not necessarily. Right. If mm. the Democrats aren't treating the working class well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Phil says. Uh oh, we got a spicy Israel take here with Rashida Tlaib. What is it called when you don't want Israel to be destroyed because you want the? <laughs> I, I have to be careful with this one. So I'm. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> Sorry. I appreciate it. Um, we got uh, we got some spicy uh, some spicy guys in our in our chat for sure, and it seems like they're always trying to outdo each other. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna open the D Live treasure chest really quick, and then we'll move on to Portland. I can get my computer going here. Uh, thanks to uh, our top contributors over on DLive, Darth Jones, Jubilium, and Nocatus. Uh, open the treasure chest right now for you guys. So sit tight. That'll uh, that'll open up in about 30 seconds. Let's move on to, um, to the Portland news. So officially, the word about Portland is this. The Proud Boys and other conservatives held a rally called the and domestic terrorism rally in Portland on Saturday, which uh, of course caused all the city's domestic terrorists to come out of their mom's basements uh, for some vandalism and street brawls. According to police Lieutenant Tina Jones, 1,200 people representing both sides took to downtown streets and at least 12 arrests were made. 16 people suffered minor injuries based on footage from our friend Andy No and the post millennial, which we'll view in a moment. I'm sure you'll agree with me when I'm comfortable speculating that there are actually much more people injured and people deserving of arrest for serious crimes much higher than than 12. This is this is masses of pure anarchy. This is just pure insanity. Uh, police say, quote, uh, we know there is the possibility that assaults or other crimes occurred outside the view of officers. Officers and detectives will be spending the hours and days ahead writing reports, conducting interviews and pursuing investigations uh before we get to some of the violence which um as i said is some of it is too brutal for me to show like there was just a, a middle-aged man just knocked out cold with a medic trying to tend to him and all these people just pawing about stuff like that that i, I think is probably outside what youtube will allow us to show and i, I don't know it's, some of the injuries and stuff too it's like it's almost i think it's almost disrespectful to show some people in the, the state of injury that they were in, in cases like that but uh before we get to the violence, uh, there is this funny exchange that kind of prefaces the whole thing. Washington Examiner reporter uh, and Marine reservist Julio Rosas was covering the event and he was confronted by who I believe, I don't want to mischaracterize, but I believe this person to be a low effort transgender individual. Low effort transgender. I love that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this this person is ripping the journalist for being an unconvincing journalist and having a black and white American flag on the sleeve of his t-shirt. Check this out. 
come here to do your job, you're obviously not this doing your job. So I'm asking you to do your job. I mean, and that's why I follow you. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird you're following. And that's why I follow you. Okay, so I want to make sure you're doing a bad job as a press reporter. <laughs> Speaking of bad jobs, you don't want to do legitimate action at all. So you swore to a flag, and you know what it looks like, and you're wearing that. And we got, we got the one blue ribbon. Uh, I believe it's a bald eagle. I'm not entirely sure. We must imagine that shirt is toilet paper for the shit show that we are here to This person says you are unconvincing uh, as a journalist. <laughs> That's the preface to the event. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that individual should be giving any fashion advice at all regardless of that ideology on the shirt it's just no thank you ma'am i i had to clip the uh, conversation for time but if you listen to the whole thing it's hard to hear exactly what is said but i believe this person claims to be a military veteran not sure if um you know the the trump ban kicked into effect in this case or what happened uh but uh i don't know I, I, this person claims that he i presume he is offended by the flag on the guy's shirt because it is not red, white, and blue in color. It's just a negative black and white image of the flag. I, anyway, let's let's get to what the, the real story is, which, um, as I said, is just pure senseless violence. And I'm going to show you the clips that I do have. I've watched a fair amount of footage, not everything for sure, but I don't, I don't know about you. I've seen literally zero so-called right-wing aggression. No, I mean, I guess people will always make the accusation, oh, but what about beforehand? Anything I've seen has looked like there's people walking and then they get attacked. Like, yes. I, or I think the the most that I could remember that you could attribute some malicious intent toward the right was there was that bus incident where Antifa actually, they grabbed a hammer that was in the bus oh, and then started is, them with it. But it's like, okay. It was just laying in there? They weren't using it as a weapon? I think there was someone may have been holding. I'm not sure. I couldn't really see what was okay. happening, where they got it from. But you know, they had brought it. So fair enough. Shouldn't have brought it. But at the same time, you were the one who picked, like, attacked the bus. Like, it's not a hammer. defensive situation yeah, in which he used it. Yeah. Well, I'll show the clip. It's yeah. It's not used defensively <laughs> for sure. But that is a, a key point. Thank you for for that because I didn't I didn't realize that. And that is one of the worst clips in this entire montage. Anyway. Uh, here, here's what it looks like uh, on the ground yesterday. So again, you got the milk shaking or throwing whatever it is at people just walking. Steal the flag. Throw the milkshake. Get the fuck out of here, Nazis. We don't want you. Hands up. Don't shoot. Hands up. Don't shoot. Hands up. Don't shoot. And don't you love that they're reviving the Michael Brown hands up, don't shoot lie, which is yeah, so many times it's made up, but it's, it's funny that they're almost reenacting what happened five years ago with the Michael Brown shooting, which is initiate the violence, then, then claim victimhood immediately after the fact. Yeah. I hands mean, up, don't you, how about just don't initiate the violence in the first place? Honestly, with these Antifa people, I, I I dare them to try this in some standard ground state because mm. it's so sickening to see. And I mean, obviously, don't harass other uh, like opposition protesters. But like, what was really getting me was just the random people they were attacking. But I'm, I'm sure you guys. I, it is miraculous to be that no one has been shot in self defense at these right. events. And I remember um, his name is Michael Strickland, I think. But there was a guy who drew a Glock on people like this in Portland a year or two ago. 
And of course, he was prosecuted and convicted when all he did was draw it when people are advancing on him violently in this same sort of style. So anyway, there's there's much more here. Just chasing this adult and the child around, this young girl. This is the bus scene you're talking about. So I do you know what's happening here? I think the people are trying to leave the scene in their buses. Is that the deal? I'm not sure if they were leaving or arriving, but obviously that is like opposition bus. And so what I've heard is that the they're about to grab like a hammer is about to appear. And yeah. it's actually from it's not from Antifa, but still, as we could see, it's I mean, no one forced them to attack people who are clearly trying to get into like they're not trying to start the confrontation. It looks completely like an, like an offensive attack. What Antifa is doing. Yeah. They're going to start beating on the door. They break the door open. They're macing inside of it. And they, they continue to vandalize these buses as the buses are driving away from them. You can see he just chucks the hammer. Watch this person fall down trying to hit the bus here on the right side. <laughs> An attempt was made. Good job. Uh, that... Bus short bus one. <laughs> you got clipped a little bit. That was a good joke. I I, I liked I liked that one. Well done. Uh, anyway, there's just like just. Uh, a, a total street brawl. I don't know the context for this, but it's just looks like one guy having the mob go after him and he's trying to fight his way out of it. And then I believe this tweet to be authentic. It could be parody, but I believe it's authentic. Disabled folks defending Portland from fascists today, and it's like a, a a transgender person or a gender queer person in a wheelchair and another guy in a wheelchair. They just they they trot up their disabled king and queen to stand before the police force, and the police force isn't doing anything aggressive. Of course not. Yeah, I mean Portland uh, doesn't do much, but it's these people are they live on another planet. It's it's really it's a black belt to watch this kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's, um, I mean, it, it's crazy. I, like I went to, I went to undergrad in Portland. I went to school in Portland. I left in 2010 before it was, it was, it was left of center. It was progressive, but it was kind of eclectic and just a weird place. It wasn't like you're going to get beaten for having the wrong politics, that sort of thing. And, you know, I don't interact with a lot of old friends I have on Facebook and stuff, but I see people who I know in Portland reacting to this sort of thing. And they believe that they're unsafe from Nazis in their city. And they say things like, I can't believe this is happening in our city. And I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, I lived there for four years too. The reason you can't believe it's happening is because it's not. This is made up. And that's it, the thing. Like, I, I'm not going to defend everything that like the Proud Boys do. 
but they're not Nazis. I think the like the worst that I could say about them is that they seem a little too eager for these confrontations, but they're, they're not Nazis. They're not neo-Nazis. They're not white supremacists. I have only ever seen them violent defensively. And yeah. I, I, I welcome evidence to the contrary. I know they have that lawsuit in New York that Gavin's involved with. My understanding of that case is, again, it was defensive violence. It was, and there was like a whole bunch of, and that's what Gavin always says about it, is that they don't show up to Antifa stuff, right? But yeah. they, they can't have anything without Antifa showing up if for that, their stuff. If that is what we watched, if, if it is them arriving in the bus and not departing, they couldn't even get out of their vehicle. Yeah without being attacked physically like they can't just walk in a public place in an american city then this is um uh well actually i do want to get to uh one thing before i forget because of course ted wheeler the guy who has faced all sorts of allegations of basically telling his cops to stand down in the face of this violence due to his political sympathies for the politics of the mob he comes out and does a press conference last night and says it was a largely peaceful event. That What you just witnessed was a largely peaceful event. This was a dynamic event with demonstrators frequently moving from one part of the city to others, and that made the job even more difficult. Given the continuing movement and the number of people involved, I'm grateful that this was largely a peaceful event. <laughs> okay, dude. Largely peaceful, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time to remind you as well that it's been, what, six weeks since Andy No was assaulted? Not a single person has been arrested in direct connection with that assault, even though the whole thing's on tape. Yeah, and it's crazy. Again. And he posts like photos of the people. <clears throat> hey, if you have any information about such and such, you know, please contact police. I'm sure. I mean, people online when photos are leaked, like they they find out where you're working like really fast, right? Because yeah. it's internet. So I I very I'm very doubtful that the police just don't know. Andy should try posting pictures and saying, hey, help me dox this Nazi in our town. He, I guess he can't do it himself, but he should use their own tactics against them. Because, of course, if you can convince them to dox somebody, it'll be no no problem at all. I was like looking at some of the like left wing tweets that were coming out of it. And it's so crazy that these people, they really think they're fighting Nazis. They really yeah. do. <clears throat> they are. They're not just LARPing. They, they actually believe it. And I feel like if. If these people can't tell the difference between just your average Republican and a literal Nazi, I don't know how, like, yeah. how what do we do and about I, that? I will say this to anybody who makes the both sides argument or the Proud Boys are violently aggressive or they want to take the other side on this, that Antifa is doing some kind of virtuous violence or some kind of self-defensive violence. Again, I, this is a counterfactual or hypothetical because I can't give you an example because this never happens but in a hypothetical if the proud boys all of them however many there were a few dozen show up at any portland park and they let's say you'd allow them to do their thing uninterfered there is a blockade on antifa presence they're just there uninterfered 0.0 percent chance of aggressive violence they're not going to go hunt black people or hunt jews or hunt minorities or anything like that they're going to go there and they're going to wave the flag and they're going to say you know i think america is pretty cool like it's a bad rap sometimes but i think it's mostly right and we should try to uphold those values and then they're going to go home and they're going to try to build families to that effect that's what's going to happen the idea that this is some aggressive violent organization the violence only happens when one particular side shows up. We can agree or debate. We can disagree or debate about who's right in any particular confrontation. But when you remove one team from these confrontations, the violence gets erased. I guarantee you that. 
Right. And the thing with um, like the Proud Boys is they've gotten into scuffles and fights with Antifa. We can talk about who started what, but Antifa will just beat random people. Like, oh, yeah. Just people walking down the street because and people live in Portland who aren't related. But the I'm not sure if it was actually the police, but online there was like almost a no-go zone map released of where the protests sure. were happening because they were advising people to stay away. I've seen clips in, in this particular event a few weeks ago in Portland of entirely non-political people who are just there with their phones live streaming or whatever, seeing what's going on in their city. And the mob turns on them and says, hey, get them. They're doing this or they're doing that or they believe this or they believe that. And they get the same treatment. We don't even know what their politics are. For all we know, they, they enthusiastically voted Hillary and want to do it again. But because they're there with a phone, the mob turns on them. And this Nazi fantasy gets weaponized against those people. It's happening all the time. I, uh, Trump tweeted as well on Saturday that he says major consideration is being given to naming Antifa an organization of terror. Portland is being watched very closely. Hopefully the mayor will be able to do uh, to properly do his job. I don't know what that means, what the federal or a federal designation would mean. I assume maybe additional law enforcement resources or something to fight them. FBI resources? I'm not yeah. sure. Whatever the case, good. This is total lawless victimization of citizens exercising their rights in this country. That's political and, um, violence for civilians. That is exactly what terrorism is. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... Uh, however, we get uh, a return to law and order in Portland. Uh, I hope it comes sooner rather than later. This is this is fundamentally un-American stuff. I don't care if it's the government doing this to protesters or if it's civilians doing it to each other. This is wrong. You should have the ability not just to see, say what you believe to be true in public at a public park, but to walk around in the area as a person as a passerby. Maybe you're going shopping or going to a restaurant without being violently attacked by a mob of masked people. Mm -hmm. This is no. like, you'd like to think this can't happen in America, but here it is. Yeah, it's, just, it's completely lawless. And I've, I've seen people say, oh, well, you know, Patriot Prayer, the Proud Boys, they know what they're doing trying to hold rallies in Portland. They know what's going to happen. Almost like just showing up and expressing your political beliefs is somehow in and of itself a provocation. Like, that doesn't, what? I, I was just reading yesterday, today, in fact, there was a, a gun control rally here in Bozeman which maybe is popular on the college campus, but Montana generally not popular. Right. There's been feminist protests and events, wage gap protests down at City Hall. Again, not a common progressive opinion around here, generally speaking. Nobody went and assaulted them. I would never dream ever of these, like, these people who say, I want to come to your house and confiscate your property and remove your right to defend yourself. I would never dream of going down there with a mask on and assaulting them for their yeah. beliefs. I, mean, I would I laugh at them in passing, but that's it. It's the same thing. What pro-choice rallies are had all the time. I mean, if you think of what that means to someone who is pro-life, you're literally advocating for your ability to like murder babies, right? Sure. That, I mean, that's the, if you are of that belief, the most detestable op opinions you could possibly have, but you still don't see like en masse pro-choice um, activists being attacked. Right, I mean, you, you've had a history of like clinic bombings and stuff, and there's been terrible stuff, but it's still wrong. Absolutely. Sure, of course. Yeah. And um, I would say the same. But the, yeah, there's not this culture of just like street violence. Uh, and this, this yeah. didn't used to happen like, you know, I, like five years ago. It's getting more and more common. This wasn't happening in Portland when I was there as a student, uh, you know, with uh, about a decade ago. 
So this is this is a new feature of that city. And um, originally I wanted to stay there because I really like that city. I think it's a really pretty place. Now I see getting out of there because the economy was so bad at the time I couldn't get a job. Getting out of there is a blessing in disguise. I'm glad I'd be so mad if I lived in that city and this was going on uh, on, on a weekly or monthly basis. No, for sure. And what's really weird for me to watch is that I have no problem denouncing right-wing violence. You know, uh, El Paso shooter, New Zealand shooter, awful, terrible people, not acceptable. It's so strange to see the left try to grapple with whether they should denounce Antifa or how much. I don't know if you saw Andy Lassner, his tweet, mm. he's a, what is it? He's the executive producer for the Ellen show. He had tweeted out, uh, you know, screw you Antifa. You don't represent me. Go home. And he got mm. so attacked that oh, he, of actually, course. Yeah, he yeah. actually had to delete the tweet. And then he, <laughs> here he ended up issuing this like mea culpa, by the way, uh, I detest Trump. He and his oh, entire God. family, Fought me for a reason. I hate Nazis and fascists. I, you know, I just said so, I said it wrong. I said it poorly. I didn't word it right. It's like no, there was nothing wrong with your original tweet. You can you can tell Antifa to go to hell, and it doesn't make you pro-Trump or anything. Sure. Even if you were, why does that need an apology? It's just I I don't understand why they aren't just out in full force saying this is wrong stop it right because i don't feel the need to try to diminish the violence that happens it, it's the um right? it's the ideology before everything else it is the prioritization of outcome over principles or rules we talk about it on this show all the time it's like if you if you believe that you're going to shape utopia and you're dead set on that outcome the rules by which you do it the principles by which you get there the path you take whether it's an honorable one or whether it's one that abuses people along the way doesn't matter because you're chasing utopia you're building utopia and it's it's the attitude of every dictator in history well you know you got to kill a few dissidents to build the perfect world the trouble is the perfect world never gets built and all you do is abuse people along the way and i'm not saying these people are killing people in the same style as stalin or something i'm saying that generally speaking it's an attitude that says the outcome matters more than the process the ends justifies the means exactly. which is so funny because the reason why they're so you know anti all these republicans is because they think that hypothetically their political opinions might lead to violence it's like well yours are leading to violence right now right yeah, now well then that, that reasoning goes out the window too again it's not whether they have softer views of incitement than i do that's their rules are only used when they're advantageous not right. when they're an obstacle but Oh, anyway, we're I, we're running up on time, so I'll, I'll keep moving on. I got two more stories to get through, and then we'll get to uh, Matt Palumbo's interview. But just moving uh, a little bit south on the the hopeless West Coast, more West Coast degeneracy. A woman was trying to enter her San Francisco condo this week, and she was attacked, or actually last weekend, early late Saturday night, I think early Sunday morning, was attacked by a drugged up homeless man in an incident caught on security camera. Here's what the actual footage looked like. She's trying to get into the building. You can see the 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 uh, host or whatever the security lady who sees this happening. She's calling nine one one, and she goes out there and she's trying to help this woman escape this man who's just manhandling her. He doesn't want her to get away. Yeah, it's weird. He's got her like in a Heimlich grip or something like that. He was charged with attempted robbery among his other charges. So I guess he was trying to rob her or he's drugged up. Who knows? He doesn't really have a reason, but she gets in and then they can't successfully keep him out. They can't really overpower him until they do close the door and she double birds him. You know, well, well earned. Yeah. 
So that guy gets arrested about a half hour later. According to Hot Air, police were called about this man prior to the assault. But since he was just uh, since it was just a loitering call, they didn't consider it a priority. And then this uh, this assault happened. The man was arrested and charged with multiple crimes, but uh, he was back onto the streets within 70, 72 hours after a judge released him without any conditions other than seeing a caseworker. Enraged by that decision, the woman who was attacked tweeted the footage to California Governor Gavin Newsom and San Francisco Mayor London Breed. The woman's name is Penise Kasorian. Uh, she also spoke with local news. This is what she had to say. Well, the attack happened early Sunday morning, and just this morning, the victim received a call from the district attorney's office telling her the suspect has been released from custody. I don't understand what more... It takes for the city and the judge to understand that this man is a danger to our society, to our community. The suspect in the attack, Austin James Vincent, he is Great facing two misdemeanors yeah. and two felonies. And this morning, he was released from custody with a stay away order. A hundred feet away from my house, so pretty much I am, I am a prisoner in my own house. I'm terrified of leaving my own house while this man roams our streets freely. We asked the San Francisco District Attorney's Office for comment. They gave us this statement, quote, the court released the defendant over our objection. Translation, we said no, the judge said yes. Another concern is that Vincent, who has no known address, was apparently released without any kind of electronic monitoring. This is how the District Attorney's Office described her decision in that phone call this morning. He doesn't pose a threat that he was on drugs, and so therefore, it's, you know, he wasn't uh, thinking clearly. The man that attacked me also needs help, but it's a different type of help. It's not to let him back on the streets so he can use again. What is preventing him from getting high again tonight and attacking someone else and not think clearly? The suspect released on his own recognizance, he is scheduled to reappear back in court in September. We Okay, and even more ridiculously, the judge who got ripped, of course, everybody's kind of pissed off at this lady, admitted she didn't even actually watch the footage before letting him go. She just saw, she saw the footage later on TV news. This is what the judge said. The judge waived his appearance and then today revealed that she first saw the video of the attack on TV news. This judge, Christine Van Aken, who made the call to release him. Today, she said she hadn't seen the video before making that decision. She saw it on TV. I was frankly alarmed at the level of violence that I saw on the video. It is unclear at this point if the judge is willing or able to reverse her decision and eventually send Vincent back to jail. But, but the prosecutors brought robbery and assault charges against the guy. So she was well aware of the circumstances. There was assault involved. This wasn't just, you know, someone, a cat calling this woman and made her uncomfortable. Like he was, he was yeah. on her full on. So uh, we'll see how we'll see how this case develops. As you heard, I guess he's due back in court in September. Surely he'll show up to that, even though he doesn't have an address and we have no way to track him. We don't know where he is. Honor system. He'll he'll be good for it. I got very honorable like man, especially when he's not on drugs. Then his honor Attack returns. <laughs> Responding, Governor Gavin Newsom said the he just responded in generic terms. The attack was, quote, a very serious issue that goes to the core of people's safety concerns. It goes to the core of people wanting to live in a city as spectacular as San Francisco. You forgot formerly in that uh, sentence. And the foundation that foundation is safety. London Mayor Breed called out the judge uh, and said the suspect is a, a clear danger to society. Um, 
uh, Mayor London Breed. Did I say London Mayor Breed? Mayor London Breed says she uh, she also says it's really unfortunate what happened and that the judge made a huge mistake. Uh, so we'll see how this case develops. But I don't have optimism for, uh, you know, keeping people safe and clean in San Francisco, nor do I have optimism for keeping people safe and clean in California generally, because, of course, Gavin Newsom is the governor. He served as mayor of San Francisco for eight years and apparently wants to make the whole the entire state just as uh, just as a, a giant toilet, yeah. just just like the streets of uh, at least certain parts of San Francisco. Did you see this uh, this post from this woman who's in Sacramento and is now closing her business because she says uh, she just can't operate in California, not just because of the the strangul- the, uh, the the choking um, regulatory environment, but because of just how dirty and ridiculous the homeless situation is. Yeah, I saw this on Twitter initially. So uh, did you actually see her video? Because I didn't. She's privated her account because the mob is going after her now, I believe. Yeah, I saw the video and I saw the I saw some of her like a uh, tweets thanking everybody for all of the at the time, I guess maybe it was before she was getting negative backlash to it, um, but for all the support and everything. And at first I didn't know what it was. I just saw it on my timeline. Someone had retweeted it. So I went and I scrolled down to look for the video, but I, I didn't know she had privated her account now. Yeah, I tried to watch it today and I couldn't. But um, but she is a woman who's owned and operated a downtown Sacramento business for 15 years. I think it's like a something like a salon or something. It looks like in the pictures. I don't know exactly why. But she tweeted a video to Governor Gavin Newsom on Friday saying she is closing her business because of the state's uh, leftist policies that make it too difficult to operate. She privated her Twitter account, like I said, so I can't see the video. But she does say... Uh, this is her This is her quoted. I have to clean up the poop and pee off of my doorstep. I have to clean up the syringes. I have to politely ask people who I care for, I care about the homeless, to move their tents out of the way of the door of my business. I have to fight people who push their way into my shop that are homeless and on drugs because you won't arrest them for drug offenses. I have to apologize to my clients as to why they can't get into the door because there's somebody asleep there because they're not going to get the help that they need. I talked to police officers. They told me to contact you. They want to do something and they can't uh, because you, because you changed the laws. So I want to know what you're going to do for us. The ones that are unhappy, you want to make us a sanctuary state. You want to make it comfortable for everybody, except the people that work hard and have tried their hardest to get along in life and now have to change that because of your laws while you sit in your million dollar home and have a look, uh, at what we have to look at, or you should have a look at what we have, uh, to look at. There's hardworking people who have to deal with this on a daily basis. What are you going to do for us? She also posted pictures of what it looks like both outside her shop. You can see just kind of the remains of a homeless encampment, basically, and images from homeless people break or, you know, burglars generally breaking into her shop and leaving things in disarray. Uh, I've not seen an official response from Gavin Newsom on this, but uh, but again, you know, I, it looks like we're going to take the San Francisco plan statewide. That's that's the California way. So yeah. to to whoever the super chatter was that asked me where I would want to live in the U.S., I can tell you where I would not. And it's actually <laughs> California. There's yeah. no I mean, I guess everyone has a, a price, but my price to live in California would be a heck of a lot higher than it would be anywhere else. I'll tell you what. And you can't afford to live there anyway. I mean, to pay the prices it costs to live in these circumstances, my God. Like I'd have to live there, but also have probably a lower standard of living and less yeah. saving. Right? No doubt. No, Unless you can afford to live them. If you can afford to live in the truly elite places, then don't get me wrong. There's still plenty of nice stuff to be had, but uh, 
But man, if, if you're just trying to do what this lady's doing, which is own and operate an honest small business, good luck. And it's so, yeah. it's like, I mean, I would love to just delight in the hee hee hee, the progressive policies are failing, but it's sad for the people who no, live it there. No, it sucks. We have so many people in California watching this show and enjoying this show. And I don't want to laugh at their misfortune. You know, it's it's awful. I did my freshman year at USC, and I mean, even it's not like you and poor. Like even when I was there, it's I mean downtown LA. It's always been it's for us uh, at least for since I was alive. Like it's been bad, so I don't have like fresh and rosy memories of it being great. Mm. But I I met a lot of great people there who love their state, and it's I mean I can only imagine if that were my home that was going downhill that fast, it would be heartbreaking. Yeah. People are often asking the question too, what do I do? Do I stay here and try to fix the place that I've lived my entire life? Or do I abandon ship and head for Idaho or, you know, wherever else? And, uh, there's a lot of competing perspectives on that. And I, I understand why people are leaving and I understand why people are trying to maintain too. So, yeah. you know, good luck to you. If, if you're under the thumb of, of a, of a place like California right now, I, 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 I want to see these things fixed. California has some of the coolest places in the country. I don't want it to be shitty. I want them to fix that place and I want them to make it great again, but it's on the wrong path, no doubt. Yeah, or I mean, worst case scenario, maybe the, the wall with Mexico can just kind of go up and around. Yeah, we can, yeah. We can trade for like, I don't know, Tijuana or something <laughs> with, the, with Mexico. Uh, okay, I gotta be quick because I'm... Like to get you. I told you I'd get you out of here in ninety minutes, so I'm so I'm aiming for that here, and then we'll get to Matt Palumbo. I'll be quick on the uh, uh, Carlos Maza and Sarah Silverman stuff. So uh, you'll recall Carlos Maza. Last we heard him was um, at the center of the controversy with Steven Crowder earlier this summer when he was lobbying for YouTube to punish Crowder or ban him off YouTube entirely. It sounds like he's now negotiating his severance with Vox. Maza has also been targeting Tucker Carlson as a white supremacist recently. According to sources speaking with the New York Post, Vox executives had initially supported uh, Maza in his battle with Crowder, but Maza wanted to escalate beyond their comfort and their support has waned over time. It's unclear whether Maza is leaving due to his own decision or whether Vox is firing him. This report does mention dissatisfaction with Maza at high levels uh, of Vox. Either way, it appears that Maza is the only one losing his job uh, in this crusade to ruin other people's livelihoods. And uh, so for that, he definitely earns a ha-ha. Ha-ha! And, uh, well, you have any Maza thoughts before, before I mean, we move I, on to Silverman? I remember when this story first started coming out. It was uh, before our show on Wednesday, and we, were, we kind of went over whether we'd want to talk about it. At the time, there were really no nothing confirmed. It was just kind of musings. It almost seemed like a rumor, frankly. But I mean, if I were Vox, I, I, I totally get it, right? They have a YouTube channel that's big. They're probably making a lot of revenue off of there. It doesn't, it's not very good for business to have someone who essentially wants to just burn the whole system down because one guy called him I think it's a lispy queer that really got him. And it's because in his, before he blocked me, I remember on his Twitter bio, he said Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist or something like that. It's yeah. It said it right there. So rather be called a lispy queer than a white supremacist. (laughs) One is a borderline proud identity in today's society. I mean, he calls himself queer. I don't know about lispy queer, but he definitely calls himself queer. Yeah. Twitter handle. Obviously, I mean, he can obviously at least kind of poke fun at that and wear it as an identity versus white supremacist. That's literally just a smear. Hmm. Well, Sarah Silverman is also out of a job this week. She appears to be a victim of the cancel culture 
she herself has promoted periodically. She was appearing on the Bill Simmons podcast, and she says that she lost a role in a recent movie project over a picture of her in blackface in 2007. I don't know if it's, I don't see the picture in this article, but I have seen the image before. It was on her Sarah Silverman program on Comedy Central. And to be fair, it was kind of an anti-racist point that she was making, but the the mob does not uh, appreciate context. Yeah. She says, quote, I think it's really scary and it's very it's a very odd thing that it's invaded the left primarily and the right will mimic it. Adding that uh, cancel culture promotes a sort of righteousness porn, she says. It's so odd. It's a perversion. It's really look how righteous I am and I'm going to press refresh all day long to see how many likes I can get in my righteousness. That's not a perversion. That is what it is. That is the culture you have promoted. Just because people who are, have politics different from you are adopting the same tactics and the same uh, end goal does not mean it's a perversion. It's, it's exactly it's what you've advocated. always been just as crappy as it is now. It's just the only difference is that now it's applying to you and you don't like it. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to recap to be as fair to Sarah Silverman as possible. Um, but here's some examples of some of the BS stuff she's been doing related to this over the last few years. After Jerry Seinfeld said he won't do college campuses anymore because of PC culture, Sarah Silverman said instead we should listen to the college kids because they, quote, lead the revolution. In the same interview, she called on comedians to change with the times, to change with new information, describing her new effort to erase the word gay from her vocabulary in a derogatory context. When she was pulled into the Kevin Hart Oscars controversy for making similar jokes uh, that he did, similar jokes to him in the past, rather than defend Kevin Hart, she said she's not making those homophobic jokes anymore. Okay. She lobbied for changing the name of the Washington Redskins because that's racist. She advocated boycotting United Airlines over their sexist leggings policy. And as we mentioned, I don't support any of this. This is exactly what I don't want to see people losing jobs because they committed some wrong think or made the wrong joke a decade ago. Um, That's not the society I want to see where comedians have to operate within this strictly defined rigid boundary. The whole point of comedy is to test those boundaries or blow them wide open. That's what makes comedy fun. That's what used to make Sarah Silverman funny. She used to be funny when she had her spicy takes, man. I was looking at the history. Holy cow. She used to make me laugh. And I mean, she's done stuff like, yeah, she was in blackface. She's dressed up as Hitler in the past and her stuff used to be funny, but it's, I, I, I find when, when these comedians take the, PC culture blue pill. It's when they lose all of their humanity. Same thing oh, with absolutely. Stephen Colbert. Yeah, it's just anti-Trump propaganda at this point. Um, so, I mean, again, strictly speaking, I'm not happy to see Sarah Silverman or, or Carlos Maza lose jobs. That's not the society I'm advocating for. It's just that I have no sympathy for people who advocate this sort of life-ruining attack on other people for the same sort of uh, wrong think or other other thought crimes. If you are a victim of your own sword, I have no sympathy for you. I will laugh at both of them for that reason, though I hope for a, for a society in which both of them can disagree with me and still be gainfully employed. Yeah, and what would kind of go a little bit toward making me feel about Sarah Silverman in the future is if maybe at some point we see her stand up for someone who has been fired the sure. same way she has. We, yeah. Like now she's speaking out against cancel culture. Oh, this is terrible. Is it just because it's happening to you or do you actually see how messed up it is now like have you had a revelation or are you just upset that now you don't have this job i would like to see this actually i don't know maybe be some sort of lesson for her that she takes into account and learns from 
Good luck with that. Optimistic. But <laughs> the point is when people do change their mind and come around, I always want, I, I always remind myself, you have to be willing to accept and, and, um, and thank that person for doing that and, and be willing to praise it because one of the, the biggest flaws with the left right now is there's never any redemption. You are uh, an ultimate sinner. You are condemned to the darkest corners of society from which you will never be heard again. There's nothing you can do to redeem yourself before the almighty God of social justice. And I hate that about the culture that they're creating. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's all I got. So, so obviously, thanks, um, thanks for helping us out while Blonde is away. We appreciate yeah. it a ton. Um, sure, sure, for having me. And of course. Um, you can find Lauren's YouTube channel and Twitter account linked in the description. Is, uh, is there anywhere else you'd like to send people who are looking for you? Um, yeah, on Twitter, it's at the Lauren Chen. Instagram is the same. YouTube, you can find me. Just type in Lauren Chen, uh, blazetv.com slash Lauren. Uh, you know, we're on iTunes, Spotify, all the same stuff. And actually, someone on Twitter had mentioned, if you ever want to take a break, Matt, maybe one time me and Blonde can host Ooh. for you. Well, I have to teach Blonde how to produce the show, unless you want to handle production. Or I guess unless, unless you guys can do the production on your end. And yeah, we could do it now. But I guess then you'd broadcast to my channel still. Or would you broadcast to Blonde? I don't know. We'll, we, we'll have to figure it but out. I'm just putting it out there. That would be a spicy show. I would be I would be. Down. Okay. We'll see what the audience thinks. I, I'm open to the idea. Uh, having, I really appreciate it. it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's our co-host, Lauren Chen. And uh, I will be back with uh, Matt Palumbo right after this break uh, to hear from him about his book. And then I'll close out with Super Chat. I'll come back after Matt in a moment. See you guys. Welcome back. I'm pleased to host our friend Matt Palumbo once again, author of the Debunk This blog over on uh, Dan Bongino's website, Bongino.com. Now available as a compilation book fresh off the presses. I got my copy right here. Thanks for that. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming back on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. I can't believe it's almost been uh, two years since I think the last one. It has been a little bit. Well, I remember the last time we talked was right after you participated in the the Black Hitler debate <laughs> with yeah. um, with uh, with Gavin McInnes, which was a, a an instant classic. Yeah, uh, that was uh, an experience for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, the book is fantastic. Uh, if you want a well uh, a well cited, concise challenge to pretty much every left wing talking point you can think of, from uh, economics to gun control to immigration, this is a great one to pick up. I was just reading it for reference this last weekend. Uh, because uh, I was looking at the Australian gun violence statistics and violent crime statistics with reference to the praise for Australia and New Zealand after right, what happened right. in El Paso and Dayton. So it was really helpful for me uh, there. Can you tell me how this thing came to be? So this is this has basically become a, a popular blog on Dan, on Dan's website, and now you've turned it into a book. How did this happen? Yeah, I mean, it really starts, I think, I was 19 or 20 at the time. Um, and you know, I had probably published less than 10 articles in my entire life at that point. Um, but I got noticed by this guy named Jack Hunter, who was, uh, I think he worked for Rand Paul and ghost wrote his books and stuff at the time. And he hired me at a website called rare. Um, and you know, not really knowing what to write about. I just kind of 
you know, wrote about random things I found interesting. So, like, I watched a documentary by Robert Reich uh, about income inequality, and, you know, I started noting little errors in it as I was watching it, and then, hmm. you know, by the end of the documentary, I thought, well, this could be a good topic for an article. So I wrote, you know, an article titled something like, you know, uh, Reich uh, inequality for all is really disinformation for all or something, and uh, I was fortunate in that Dan Bongino wrote it, uh, or sorry, read it, um, and then he, I guess, thought, like, I was some academic or something. And then once he was a kid, he thought, "Oh, I should reach out to this guy and like encourage him or something." So yeah, he sent well, me, he sent me a very nice tweet. And to be honest, I didn't know who he was, but he had the blue check mark. So I was like, "Oh, well, this guy's important. That's pretty seemed cool." Seemed important. And then he swindled you into putting it on his website. How did it get under his name? Well, you so, got to capitalize on this, man. So I was twenty at the time. Um, yeah. I have so that was when was that? Twenty fourteen, I feel like, or twenty thirteen. I didn't start writing for him until 2018. So this is uh, relatively ah. new. We've been in contact and, you know, it used to be when he was doing uh, a radio show or a podcast, he might just, you know, run something by me knowing that I'm reliable at fact checking things. Um, so I started writing Spygate for him, our last book, um, early last year. And then at the same time, he hired me to do uh, 10 articles a month for his website, um, mainly to accompany his podcast. So the whole debunk this segment sort of became you know, synonymous with his podcast, and it started getting a, a very big audience uh, from his fan base. Um, and then you know, after a full year of writing, I thought, you know, I'm doing 10 articles a day or a month. There are about 1,000 words each. You know, the average book's 50 or 60,000 words. Why can't I? just create a book with all these. So I selected maybe the 50 or so best, and you know I, I updated every single stat in them. So you have the most recent uh, numbers, so nothing's out of date. Um, and you know beefed them up maybe 20% in length, but yeah, it's just all my best work in one book. So what's what's the favorite myth that you've debunked? I've, I haven't had a chance to read every single one in here. They're kind of organized by theme, but if you had to pick one or even a handful, what, what's your go-to? For whatever reason, well, the biggest lie or, or the most interesting or whatever. So I guess, you know, the most interesting, and it's just from my perspective, because it's you know, the whole like, you know, something when you're researching a myth, it's plausible at first. And you're always wondering, like, what's the twist that disproves this? Hmm. Um, so one was it was a claim that Republican states actually take more welfare than uh, Democrat leaning states. Oh, sure. Um, I've heard that. And. It is true. So I was trying to figure out, like, well, what's the cause of this? Um, and, you know, my first thesis was, well, you know, older people tend to be Republican and they take Social Security. So that's contributing towards it. Um, and, you know, it's not really what people are thinking of when they think of welfare, even though it sort of technically is. Yeah. Um, but it turned out if you poll people nationally, it is mostly Democrats who take welfare programs and most Republicans who don't. So it just turned out that, you know, in it just so happened that in liberal cities within those red states, you had a lot more people taking welfare and you know, it says nothing of the people live in the rural area. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. so it comes down to basically your typical urban rural dynamic, yeah, not necessarily the state being mm -hmm. the explanatory variable. And it's the exact same with crime. Like when people will say, mm. you know, red states on average have more murders. Well, where are they occurring? It's not in these rural areas. It's in the cities where it's, you know, 90% Democrat, just like any sure. other city. So sure. it's a pointless argument. Did you notice any common origins for these talking points? One of the things we talk about on this show a lot is 
the origin of certain media narratives. You can you see these montages where they yeah. almost they basically parrot each other's talking yeah. points over and over again. Have you found patterns? Where are these things coming from? Is it like a party well, thing, or is there one media boss doing I this, or what's the deal? I don't have this in the book, and I haven't checked it yet, but it will be very ironic, ironic if it's true. Um, so you've probably noticed in the past six months there's been this theme of stories of white people calling the cops on police. Um, and, you know, oh, yeah. It, the, start, uh... so it started with the whole barbecue thing where it was like, okay, this woman's kind of being being like the woman who asked for your manager, but I don't think she's yeah. racist. Right. And then it just started getting completely ridiculous. Like there was one where a woman wanted to see some guy's ID to let her in her apartment complex, and it turned out her husband was black, but she still got blasted as a racist and lost her job. <laughs> and there's probably a dozen or so stories where it's total BS. And there was some article at NBC actually arguing it was a Russian troll farm that's responsible for all those stories. So hmm. it would be hilarious if liberals actually were falling for Russian fake news on that. The real Russian. The real Russian fake news. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, it's. I feel like it only takes one person to start a narrative, and then if it's believable or if it serves a purpose, it goes viral. Like, you know, just yeah. a few months ago, there was that viral clip of Trump calling immigrants animals. And of course, in con not only in context, he was talking about MS-13, but the clip was over a year old. Hmm. Every presidential candidate then tweeted it out and denounced it. And media organizations and pundits talked about what this means about our president. And it's like, how is not one person fact check this? Or... I have to spend off examples, the whole uh, concentration camp narrative. And we saw those photos yeah. from 2014 going viral. And every yeah. single pundit shared the exact same article that specifically said published in 2014 and not one person checked it. And I mean, I, I don't think it would be conspiratorial to say maybe there's some email list they're all on and maybe they're, they're encouraged to promote certain talking points or something. But yeah. they're just really incompetent, one of the two. Well, I, the most disturbing trend I've noticed comes in a, a lot of gun control narratives. Anytime there's a number like yeah. X amount of this in, right. in such span of time, yeah. usually the question is, how are they counting? What are they counting? And uh, the, the disturbing one I noticed the last time around, this time we're going with the 250 mass shootings in 2019. Yeah. Last time around with Parkland, though, the, the troubling thing about that uh, particular myth or that narrative was they were all these media outlets were knowingly citing a gun advocacy organization as some sort of objective arbiter, gun control advocacy. Yeah. It was, I think it was every town mm -hmm. as some kind of objective arbiter and not uh, an interest based organization, right. not somebody with a, with an outcome that they're pursuing. And so they just take what is it, every town's free to do what they want. I'm not saying they can't, but the point is they have a particular outcome they're seeking. We take their outcome driven, research and presented as though it is yeah. neutral objective in information and it's there's never an asterisk on that there's never yeah. any kind of clarification and and i think you're referencing the uh, one school shooting a day statistic where it was like right okay an airsoft gun went off five miles away from an elementary school therefore yes. it was a school no it wasn't okay it wasn't that bad but it, was, it wasn't that far off um and you know the one we saw recently it was just like they would list a bunch of countries say no mass shootings and it'd be like america 800 million mass shootings since yesterday. Yeah. And it's like, I just don't get who believes this stuff. And I mean, one of the things ahead. I appreciate so much about your book is it's very well cited. So right. even if you want to dispute some of your analysis, you can find out exactly where you got that information. Right. A lot of these media reports to find the methodology behind the number is sometimes a half hour, hour, two hour task yeah. for me to do when I'm trying to do yeah. the same sort the of thing. Is too, so, they, they lie about the dumbest things. Like there yeah. was a study out the other day. It was like, 
men don't recycle because they think it makes them look gay. And what, what it actually, <laughs> well, that's just true. I avoid but, I avoid those cans. I don't want to look like a fruit. But I think yeah. what it, I, I, I actually skimmed the study, and it be it only, and they never say gay in it once. They just say <laughs> I think it's like men feel less masculine or something, gotcha. like, which they therefore yeah, infer that on. Um, but just to bring back to that that one gun control set, the two fifty shootings. Yeah, they were using an inconsistent methodology. So they were counting gang violence as mass shootings in America, yeah. but not Mexico or Brazil or Honduras, where they have more gun homicides than we do with half the population. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've not seen that where they actually change their methodology yeah. depending on who they're reporting on. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, we're thinking of mass public shootings where someone walks in somewhere and shoots for no reason. Yeah, like a mall or a yeah, school correct. or whatever. But, yeah. but in, you know, in Mexico, they have a lot of mass shootings it's just for you know a reason yeah targeted generally reasons. cocaine but yeah. gang turf wars yeah. drugs yeah whatever yeah um do you are there any examples of a myth that you encountered that you thought was bs but you examined it and you're like well maybe it's actually not crap maybe it's legit did that ever happen to you no i can't think of anything off the top of my head although that has definitely happened when i've been researching things i just can't think of a good example hmm. um but that does happen maybe because, you know, I do try to find all my own stories, but sometimes when Gina will forward something to me and go, you know, can you look into this? And Or, or it might even be a right-wing thing he wants me to write about, and I can't find any evidence to support it. Um, hmm. For instance, a lot of his fans will, you know, send me, like, their own, like, little Russia theories, and they'll think they found a link between some guy and something in the whole Russia Gate narrative. And, you know, I look into it, and they confuse two people with the same name or, you uh. know, little things like that. So... I wish I had an example for you, and, and I know I can, I'll definitely think of like a dozen when we're done talking. Um, yeah. But yeah. all right, well, how about this? Before I let you go, uh, what is your preferred Epstein death conspiracy theory? Do you have a hot take uh, on the news of the weekend? Okay, here's my thought process: the whole camera being off, Epstein would have had to know it was off, and that's when he could commit suicide. Has that been confirmed, though? Because I saw oh, that was oh, you know un what, unconfirmed, you know what? Mr. Fact Checker. Oh, dang, you're right. You know what? There was one guy who <laughs> tweeted about that, and I think it was unverified. Yeah. Well, that's okay, the thing. I, right, I'm asking right, you for right. your preferred conspiracy theory and then trying to okay. stick you on the facts. So, you know, I recognize I'm being I inconsistent. I, I, I see what you're doing here. Um, yeah. All right. So if he did hang himself, some guy in some MSNBC show who worked in a prison like that claimed that the bed sheets are deliberately light enough where you can't hang yourself. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I haven't fact checked that. I'm really bad at my job, I guess. Uh, well, that's that's what's that's what's fascinating about this yeah, whole case. Is there's nothing like, to fact check. Like, at least very little. It's just whatever you want to theorize. Like whoever was in the prison had to have known something was going to happen that resulted in him dying. I just don't know how. Okay. I think there were people paid off in some way. Right. That so, so who done the paying? That's what I'm getting at. I don't know. I mean, no theories. Did Norm Macdonald say it's a matter of record that Bill Clinton kills people? we'll go with that we'll go with that all right well that's our guest matt palumbo uh his book debunk this got it right here as i as i showed it's available on amazon and other booksellers linked in the description it is a, a fantastic piece of reference anytime you want to see exactly why that bs talking point you heard on the news or from some politician isn't quite right uh matt where else can people find your work if they're looking for it where do you want to send them uh, I'm mainly on Twitter. It's uh, twitter.com slash mattpalumbo12. Um, and there's another Matt Palumbo in politics you might confuse me with, but I think he still puts a link to my profile on his to alleviate that. So oh, that's very kind of him. Yeah, it's a very nice guy. So It's only one direction. He, you don't send, uh, nobody ever finds you looking for him. 
actually, you know what? They haven't told me, but he, oh, did, okay. he did a radio interview the other day in the Epoch Times, and they started asking about debunk this. All right. So well, I got the, some exposure out of it. The primary Matt Palumbo. Thanks for coming by. My and, pleasure. Uh, it was fun. I hope everybody will check out the book. As do I. Thank you. Welcome back. Oh, man, I have the ghost of Lauren on my screen. Let me get that out of here. She had to take off. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I know uh, a lot of you Super Chatters had questions for her, so uh, I apologize that I won't be able to get uh, to all of those, or at least we won't, be able to get, uh, we won't be able to get those to her. But Lauren's time was limited, so I want to make sure we maximize it. And, uh, of course, I'm happy to close out with you guys before uh, the end of the stream here. Um, let's see. I left off at, uh, Dennis Strio who says, thank God you're back, Lauren. That chick was, <laughs> that chick that was filling in for you was a total fascist. Uh, well, she'll be back in her fascist chair next week. Uh, Shauna Thornton says, Lauren, how does it feel to be the last airbender? The chat has decided that's your true race. Much love avatar. Well, thanks guys. Uh, Sans Asian heritage really shows through as a brunette says Jimny 82. I figured those jokes would be in full force tonight. Uh, Mandatory Carrie says, at work, but I can watch later. Hashtag Matt and I have never met in person. Yes. Uh, much appreciated. Thanks for supporting the show. Big LC, spicy take. Blonde and I are making love right now. Well, congratulations. I didn't know she was on her way to visit you. Uh, Miles Kinslow says, hey, guys, what do you do after an international conference on men's issues? You go to Hooters, wish you were here. Love you, Lauren. Well, I'm glad you guys had fun. Uh, and uh, I had forgotten that that event was this weekend. So good for you guys. I hope it was a productive event. And of course, uh, shout out to Karen Strawn, friend of the show, who uh, was directly involved or planned it or, you know, was organizationally behind the thing. Irish uh, Nat 117 says, roaming, looking good. Per usual, FYI, I've been a fan since before Lacey Green learned uh, to law and shot thought she was bigger than you i thought blonde uh i, I once made blonde say dem titties now you oh now you're turned to say dem titties well you'll have to deal with me unfortunately irish nat i'm sorry that we can't get you that from um from uh from lauren but uh perhaps if we get in touch with her directly we can arrange for that sort of thing kevin says <clears throat> Burning down the houses is too much. When will it be enough for these Nazis? They already turned six quadrillion into soap and lampshades. Well, I'm just appreciative that the number is always correct. Black magic. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, the current season of CNN is killing it. In my opinion, my favorite character, our worst journalist of the year, Don Lemon, uh, and Fredo DUI in a school zone is okay. Cuomo. I've not heard that quote, so I'll have to double check on that one. If he did in fact say that, and that is not mischaracterized fake name. McGee says a rare super chat from work to congratulate Lauren Chan on getting engaged. And Matt, I've not made Matt and I have not made love, but I've got plans and blonde is not here to stop me. Well, good. And, uh, and I will pass along your congratulations to Lauren, uh, Ilhan Omar's tiny Somali Brain says, I'm glad you replaced the blonde. Her racial insensitivity is off-putting. It's rice to have low main millennial co-hosting. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Let me let me cue up my delayed rim shot on that one. 
Real Reason says Epstein is almost seven feet tall. No room to jump high enough for a natural break. I didn't know that. He's that tall of a guy, huh? Uh, YouTube, YouTube. Uh, can I promote this? This this sounds like a spicy podcast for me to promote. I don't know anything about him. Um, three and a half. Uh, check out this podcast with Ryan Dawson. I don't. I just don't know what the show is. I'm going to hold off on this one. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, YouTube. Uh, shout out to my lovely wife, Sarah. Uh, congratulations. Uh, or a shout out, rather, to uh, to Sarah and Mr. Rognley. Downskated says, as a Pennsylvanian, I would like to let you know that Pennsylvania is famous for throwing snowballs at Santa Claus, cheering player injuries, and puking on young girls at sporting events, among any uh, many other things. I don't think I... I think I've been to the Philadelphia airport. And then I've been to Scranton, too. That's my only Philadelphia experience. So I guess I got to go check it out to see these things. Blippity Blue. Hey, y'all, we'll watch the stream in the morning, but wanted to drop this off. Roaming is so hot. Well, uh, much appreciated. I will pass it along for you. Robert Atkinson says, shout out to my lovely wife, Sarah, too. Sarah's are the best. I guess Lauren's are okay, too. Everyone listening to the channel, uh, everyone do the channel a favor and give this a Rogan's up. Well, congratulations and shout out to all Sarah's and Lauren's tonight. Big LC says, I'll kill you right now, cunt. A genuine Aussie right there. Before I go, Matt, did you get my email about the Jordan Peterson audio deepfakes as also for roaming should the 19th be repealed? We can't pin her on that tonight. We'll have to try next time. I have not listened to the, to the uh, audio yet. I'll have to check it out. Uh, das Pooch says, you have a lot of uh, anti-police sentiment, particularly in urban centers. Matt, okay, I get that today is timid as the timid fence sitter show but still urban no it's black culture hey man that's you making the statement i'm saying we got a lot of uh we got a lot of places we got a lot of city centers where this particular sentiment is dominant kevin flanagan just a country uh (laughs) sorry of course i have to pre-read kevin uh okay (laughs) kevin thank you Uh, I appreciate your contributions to the show. Chris Fredo, uh, I work for CNN. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says, uh, like, dumb. I'm smart and I want respect, for sure. Pittsburgh says, Snooki and Matt once made love and she got the smush smush she always wanted. Uh, Well, that would be quite the experience. I have seen way more Jersey Shore than I care to admit. Uh, It's been a waste of my life. All those movies that I've never watched that people get upset with me for. Could have I could have been watching them instead of watching Jersey Shore, but uh, but such is life. Leap uh, Leapshin talks. Hello, Veronica and Chad. Can you give me? Can you give some love to my buddy Phil D. Collards, PhD? <laughs> what is this? PhD in rectum studies. This one's clearly over my head. You got me. Appreciate it. Kevin says. <laughs> Kevin, come on. All right, Kevin. It's just, we, we, need, we need a new genre of jokes here. The point we're missing is it's okay to use slurs against Italians. It's only for the role they played in the murder of the six sextillion. Uh, all Europeans really have the stain that can never be erased. That sounds like uh, a SPLC approved opinion. Luke Slivkov, my two favorite podcasts in one podcast. Take my shekels already. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Luke. Let me uh, refresh here. We'll keep going. Thank you guys for supporting the show in the absence of Blonde. 
Um, and of course I'll say thanks to, to Lauren again, because I, I, I don't know who I would have had fill in. Like I would have had to try to do this solo or I don't know, drag one of my idiot friends in to do the show or something. So Lauren's literally saving it this week. Cunt Punisher, a word from, uh, your sponsors, AKA bronze fashy Academy enslave all the inwards and promote a real soup pr- supremacy. Maybe blondes fashy Academy will uh, have its own promo code on the, uh, the deals page in the future. We'll see. Con Punisher says the villain is a babe. I love your eyeliner. What brand do you use? I don't know uh, what. She, well, thank you, thank you very much. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know what she uses, but you could probably get in touch with um, with Roaming on either Twitter or perhaps she has an email that's public. I don't know, but she's pretty responsive about that sort of thing. And I, as I understand, she she talks makeup uh, a fair amount. Fitzburg says, "What are Lauren's thoughts on fantasy football?" Inquiring minds want to know. I don't think she plays, but you'd have we'll have to. We'll have to ask her another time. She's not in my league, that's for sure. Uh, the Mighty Sumo says, Last week, Matt censored me for being Canadian. This week, a Canuck is co-hosting. Show some consistency, man, and drink better beer. Hey, you can come after me for um, for consistency, but you can't come after me for the Coors Light. The Coors is the most drinkable cheap beer. Anyone who disagrees can fight me. That is the standard of this show. Laurel says, uh, thanks, Sumo. So showing support for Lauren Chen. I, I discovered roaming before I discovered Matt longtime fan. Well, that, good. Uh, thank you for supporting, um, for supporting roaming. And of course, for all the support you've shown for this show, Laurel's got a video on my community page on Ilhan Omar and the legal case, why she can't in fact be deported. If you want to check that out, uh, Zurindu have some shekels from the democratic people's Republic of New Zealand started a new job in a factory. My country is feeling more communist by the day. Yeah, man. Uh, I, 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 just like California, I hope New Zealand turns around some of these anti-liberty minded policies that are coming into place. So all the best to you and congrats on the new job. Titus Moeller says, Lauren, as a Star Trek, Star Trek fan, what are your thoughts on the new shows, including discovery in which writers admitted the antagonist Klingons are stand-ins for Trump supporters and the upcoming Picard? Well, unfortunately I can't uh, get that one to her. My apology on that. And I, I don't have blonde to even offer a Star Trek take. I know nothing about Star Trek, so I can't even pretend. Baked Penguin uh, says, Matt, can you come clean about the time Don Lemon wanted to make love to you after 11 cores? We understand if you gave in. Well, it'd be a hell of a story if it had happened. Saint says, Lauren, if you don't mind small town living, the satellite internet Alpine, Arizona, uh, and satellite internet Alpine, Arizona is nice. Keep it classy, weaves. Well, I will let her know. Uh, and thank you. Mafia Guido says, as an Italian American, I give everyone permission to use the G word. It is in my screen name after all. I'm surprised YouTube allows that slur. Uh, thank you. Return to reason as two of my favorite content creators, any advice for newer content creators finding it difficult to overcome the even larger barriers of entry in these increasingly saturated platforms? Much obliged. Well, actually Lauren and I were talking about this just before we went live and it's very difficult to give an optimistic take to someone who's just getting started on YouTube because it used to be a landscape in which, yes, there was a lot of competition. So it's not like you're just going to make a video and suddenly blow up tomorrow, but it was mostly a meritocracy. So if you could make really high quality content, if you had great ideas that you could put out consistently, you could catch that wave and you could rise on your own merits. The reality is it's just not that way anymore. So what I would say is if you have a passion for doing it, this is advice that I would say, even before the algorithmic changes, if you in, if you in to be successful on YouTube, you have to be consistent. You have to be posting all the 
at a consistent pace without exception. This show being an example, every Sunday without exception. If you're going to maintain that sort of commitment, you have to enjoy it for its own sake. You have to enjoy making it whether you get 10 views or 10,000 or 10 million. So what I would say is you're going to have to be in financial position to finance that sort of hobby and put a lot of time to it. And you're just going to have to be willing to you're going to have to enjoy doing it for its own sake. That is to say, you're not going to be looking for like financial or statistical reward. You just enjoy doing that sort of thing. And for me, that's the case. The algorithm has destroyed half the traffic on my channel, but I love this community and I love this show. And you guys have given me a platform from which to do this show each and every week and my own individual stuff. So the algorithm can go to hell. I mean, I don't care. I've, I've built this community and the algorithm isn't necessary for it to survive. That would be my advice though, is like, treat it like a hobby, but understand it's going to be one of those hobbies that you're going to have to devote serious and commitment time to, to have meaning, to have a meaningful audience on. So, and good luck, man. If, if you have any more questions, send me an email. Uh, Kevin Flanagan, <clears throat> this Kevin Flanagan is mad that blonde slandered the daily wire. I can't imagine why. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, Fat Hooligan says, I think this polite agreement hour is going quite splendidly, though I'm sure Blonde will return with even greater fire and fury than normal. Great to see roaming on the show. Well, I do uh, appreciate Lauren filling in. And of course, um, I joke, the dynamic is different, certainly. It's not going to be quite the fire that Blonde has. But um, but I hope that, uh, you know, Lauren and I have, have worked together to varying degrees for several years now. So my goal is to get you guys something that's, that's a listenable product and something that's worth uh, consuming in Blonde's absence. So thanks to Lauren for making that happen. Uh, Shauna Thornton says, I love it when white males criticize patriotic people of color. Yeah, that, that's exactly what's going on in Portland. It's, you'll notice these Antifa types are mostly white guys without purpose. That's what we're observing. Jimmy says regarding the Fredo N-word situation, quoting John Mulaney, if you're comparing the badness of two words and won't even say one of them, that's the worst word. Yeah, exactly. Very fair point. Exploding Prinny says, in today's episode of Portlandia, Antifa says Shoggy was a sitting king. Uh, yeah, it could be. <laughs> Kevin says, <sighs> okay, it's weird how, uh, the, the, let's see. I just, <laughs> Kevin, I can't do all these Holocaust things, man. You're going to, you're going to get me destroyed. I appreciate uh, the support for the show, dude. Well, uh, the dashing rogue says proud boys, Antifa and yellow vest protesters are fourth generation warfare assets for the Eurasian economic union. Google Sergei, uh, Tret Tretyakov and, uh, Dungan, Dunganism, Duganism and SVR active measure campaigns on American soil. I have to check it out. Uh, Philly, Phil cheesesteak says Lauren tired of libs on climate. We need nuclear power. Can blaze push nukes? Can I email you? Maybe you'll have to see if maybe the blaze is willing to, uh, and by that, uh, yeah, push nuclear power. And we've talked about this before for sure, Phil. And I agree that, uh, if you're into non-environmentally threatening energy, nuclear power has to be on the, on the table or else there's just nothing that's viable to replace power at the consumption levels that we need. Thanks, man. Uh, Cy Cooper says, someone should get a group of people together to oppose Antifa using similar ta tactics. Let them have a taste of their own medicine. The problem is, if the Proud Boys use similar tactics in defense, they are demonized as the violent ones. You got you to get around a media that wants to paint one side as the good guys and one side as the bad guys. So 
in any case, I think you're going to see more of this violence, not less. Thanks, Sai. Uh, Eric Marley says, we talked up, we talked makeup with blonde, blonde recently who's been going without it only on Wednesday, I think. I don't know if she's done a Sunday show without it. Any images of you without it that you would direct us to or you are too perfect, perfect so I'm curious. I'm confident you look great either way. You'd have to get in touch with Lauren about that. Um, uh, perhaps on Twitter, maybe she has some images. I don't know. Did Blonde actually do a makeup-free Sunday? I can't remember. Maybe if you're tuning in on Wednesday, that's one of the rewards for seeing it live. Uh, thanks, Eric. Mosenrath says, Antifa will have to kill me before I bend the knee to socialism and communism. This isn't words. This is a promise. Our country is this is the greatest for a reason. I share um, the perspective. You know, I mean, if you're going to strip away my fundamental liberty, that is to say, if you're going to strip away the rights articulated in the Bill of Rights, there are some values, there are some ideas worth dying for. And again, I don't say that in an offensive context. I'm not saying you should go commit acts of offensive violence. I just think that when there are people out there who want to violate your, your constitutional rights, what are supposed to be fundamental human rights, yeah, uh, there, are, there are things that are worth protecting. So I share the perspective. Uh, Woke Tree says, hey, Matt, good morning from Okinawa, Japan. I was wondering if you'd be willing to do the opposite of the polite agreement hour and have Zoomer hero Nick Fuentes on. Well, I don't know Nick very well. I think um, Blonde might know him. I know he called her like an e-girl or something like that. But yeah, I'm open to hosting him if he if he wanted to come on the show. I'd have to talk to Blonde because I think maybe they've communicated in the past. I've never personally sp- uh, spoken with, with Nick. So uh, perhaps... Uh, and I'll consider it. The Dashing Rogue says, Native Californian here. We ain't too far gone. Shout out to the Digital Renegade podcast. We talk about political Islam, connections to s- Satanism and white nationalism, and SVR active measures. P.S. Hey, Lauren. All right. Well, thank and uh, good luck in California, man. Seriously speaking, like, like I said, I want that place to turn around because I have some of my favorite vacations I've taken in my life have been to California. It's been awesome. I don't want it to be ruined. One Drop says, you know what? Uh, <laughs> you know that I have to read this one. Um, okay. Interesting. Uh, well, here's, here's a take, you know, that Nazis were not white supremacists. They were German bloodline supremacy while German supremacists did love and copy the Democrat, what the Democrat party did with white supremacy and the, and the three K, uh, interesting. I don't know. I'm not the greatest Nazi ideology expert. I have to read up. Pesos says, first time donating, long time viewer, everything you guys do, fellow Minnesotan and uh, on the Iron Range. Keep up the great work, guys. Well, thank you for supporting the show and uh, go Twins if you're a Twins fan. See how the season turns out. One Drop says, my point is by calling people white supremacists, they are really calling them Democrats. <laughs> and the, uh, the wackadoodles call people Nazis don't understand German and Democrat party history. All right. Tim Pollan says, hey, Matt, it's a first time super chatter. Love the show. And I saved my first super chat for this. Epstein was killed by Agent 47 from the Hitman series of games. And whoever was playing got Silent Assassin. Well, I never played that game, so I don't fully get the reference. But I appreciate uh, support for the show, man. Thank you. Just a few more. And we'll call it a we'll call it a night. Blonde's Asian. (laughs) Mike Bob says Blonde's Asian DNA uh, or genes have metastasized and taken over blonde. If you are still in there, blink uh, with one eye twice. Interesting theory. CG says, why is Chen against um, white nationalists and is pro-white genocide, but is for China? I, I don't think that's a fair characterization, but you'd have to ask her. I don't think she's pro-white genocide or, or um, I don't know what her perspective is on Chinese nationalism, but um, I don't know that she uh, herself adapts these titles. You'd have to ask her. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry that I can't get you that answer through this. But again, she's pretty responsive on Twitter. So I would, I would try that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> one drop. Coors Light is like two Indians having sex in a canoe on the lake. Uh, fuking near water. Why is it Indians though? And I, I, I see that YouTube is, is super chatting or is, uh, is censoring the super chat there. So, all right. <laughs> Come on, dude. Kevin, I can't. Like, this one is so over the top. I can't even read that without, like, getting banned. Oh, my gosh. Seth, Seth Hagler Seth, says, I swear I make it, uh, I make it on two, or to one of these streams again. My fellow workers suck. Third I missed in a row, Walmart sucks. Well, working hard hopefully means making money, and thank you for supporting the show, whether you're able to tune in or not live. That is very much appreciated. So thank you, man. Uh, real quick update uh, on Streamlabs. And I got to say uh, hello to our people over on, um, on DLive as well before we get out of here. Uh, Redicus says, I will just quote Blonde and say right-wing death squads win. I may need to call in and talk about my idea for what happens in these liberal shitholes. We need to, some accountability for these riotous mobs to remain unchecked. Well, um, yeah, I mean, something's got to change. And, and of course, the call-in show's off this week. But uh, if you want to send us an email as well, you can do that. Uh, it's bdinthebeta at gmail.com. Call-in show question in the subject line. We can address it on a Wednesday show for sure. Phil says, uh, Nazi is just a synonym for heretic in the current year. The proclivity of the mainstream right to squeal about Dems are the real racists or how their, grand, their grandparents fought the Nazis won't save them if or when the hard left comes to real power. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, suddenly if these people were in the majority that their uh, their love for so-called minorities would cause them to be uh, sympathetic to people of conservative or right-wing perspective if they were in majority power. Call me uh, call me skeptical of that. Walsey says, um, oh, sorry, Redicus says again, comparing 12 deaths due to anti-abortion extremists to hundreds of attacks on Trump supporters, according to Breitbart, is a little disingenuous. Deaths are worse, but those are so far removed from the current debate. They weren't and weren't exactly right or left. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to say better or worse. Just like that is the only context um, of recent history that I can remember. Like legitimate, quote unquote, right wing, if you want to call it that, but pro life aggression. That's the only comparable thing I can remember. Maybe there are some other examples. Um, certainly, people like Timothy McVeigh or like right wing motivated mass terrorist attacks, that sort of thing. But in terms of just like mob beating, mob violence like this, I can't remember the last time I saw a right wing motivated mob beating of the in this way. But I, I if people ha want to refresh my memory, I'm happy to be refreshed. Walsey says, thanks to Lauren for appearing, though the show is less Asian than I've come to expect and demand. Oh, fair, fair. I understand. Michu says, step one, announce Proud Boys rally. Step two, quietly march and leave. Step three, let Antifa terrorize the city. Solid plan to show the world who Antifa is. Yeah, that's what would happen for sure. Michu says, watching the bus incident unfold was the moment I worried the most that someone was going to die. They were leaving stuck in traffic when, it, when Antifa swarmed them to attack. It does not matter how... Uh, uh, who had the hammer Antifa attacked. Yeah, I don't know how you could deny it based on the footage, for sure. Redicus says, I remember the day Sarah stared into her Asian accuser's face and said that she didn't like uh, like her friends Lee, <laughs> her friends Lee either, for peeing in her Coke. Yeah, that uh, the Sarah Silverman joke, it took me a second. It was on, she said that on like Bill Maher's show or came to defend it on Bill Maher's show. 
I remember that one. But Sarah used to be spicy. Uh, Chicken Fried Monkey just dropping in to give you all some coin. I'll watch tomorrow. Google reg, uh, Google gets zero of this. Make sure my blonde Fuhrer gets her part. Love the show. Yes, uh, Blonde and I do split the money 50-50, full disclosure. Although I, I, I'm considering maybe negotiating, giving her 77 cents on the dollar, giving her an appropriate pay gap. But yes, I do want people to know when you're supporting the podcast, it does go to the production of the podcast and it benefits each of us. Um, for the time being evenly. Although maybe I'll negotiate a better contract, which we only have a contract with each other and there is no contract. It's just a uh, agreement among friends. Thanks for supporting the show. Chicken fried monkey says, I overheard you reading uh, a super chat from cunt punisher and heard the crack in your voice each time you said cunt and it made me laugh so hard. I came, (laughs) I had to come back and make you say cunt again. Cunt, cunt, cunt. Uh, I did it crack. I don't know. I guess that's this. It's not like I'm trying to be a prude about it or whatever, but like in the American context, we certainly don't say it as much as like certainly the Australian context or I don't, do they say it in, um, in the UK? I don't know, but it's, it's still uncommon to me. So to say it with full force just feels kind of weird. So maybe, maybe I did, uh, hesitate a little bit anyway. Thanks to our uh, top uh, supporters over on D live DP nine, seven, uh, 979 Darth Jones and Senti, thank you for supporting the show tonight, guys. And uh, I'm going to get the hell out of here. Wow. That's, um, I, I appreciate you guys uh, hanging out as well. I know that uh, missing half the show is, uh, is a big obstacle to overcome. So I, I appreciate Lauren filling in, and I appreciate you guys giving it a shot with someone else filling in in the co-host seat. If you're listening later on demand uh, on YouTube or on one of the audio platforms or elsewhere, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Uh, remember, if you're looking for more of this show to listen to, uh, things you might not find on YouTube, replays of the call-in show that we do each and every Wednesday night, except for this coming Wednesday, you can find those on the audio platforms. That's uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. They're all linked along, uh, not only in the description, but along with everything else you need for this show at mattchristiansonmedia.com. And you can always email us at speedyandthebeta at gmail.com. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It's beauty and the beta. Have a great night, guys. Thanks for hanging out with me.